2: Hello everybody and welcome to Joe yours. This is episode 510. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, and the legend, it's Alex.
3: If Hot Wheels has proved nothing else, it proves that I'm really good at collecting old shit.
2: <laughs> he brings the awesome, but wait, there's something else that was awesome.
0: McPherson! And Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl!
2: It's I yield to no one.
0: Who day,
4: bitches?
2: How ecstatic are you right now, Yield?
4: Oh man! Well, considering that, uh, I was going to be happy with the five hundred season, um, over the moon.
2: All right, now, well, as we're recording, the NFC game is going on. Uh, I'm sure Yield is going to have uh, quite an eye on that as it goes. I really but, don't.
4: I really don't care who we play. Really? No, I don't. I mean. It would be poetic if it was the 49ers, considering that's our both Super Bowl losses are to the 49ers. That would be poetic. I really don't care who we play.
2: All right. All right, and we have a guest, because originally I wasn't supposed to be here. Um, I lovingly and affectionately call him my trophy bitch. It's Mr. Daryl. God, don't do it, you bastard.
3: He's about to open up some whoop-ass on Tricky Mick.
2: Cause you know, you know what? Not only is that like wrong for him to do it now. I have to edit this week's show, so now I have to listen. Now I have to listen to it when I do the edit.
0: What's up, everybody?
3: Wait a minute, Tricky. Is that an admittance that you don't listen to the edit when you edit the show?
2: <laughs> no, so I'm saying I have right. to listen to it now because I have to edit that out of the show.
0: Like, what Alex is saying is, you weren't going to listen to it before, so you're admitting that you don't listen when you edit.
2: No, well, when you do that, gentlemen, I take my headphones off so I don't have to hear it because it's so damn annoying. But now that I have to edit the show, I can't take the headphones off when I edit.
0: So you're saying do it again. Got it.
2: Oh, God, I hate, <laughs> fucking hate you.
0: <laughs> Daryl. how the hell are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's, uh, this house is on COVID lockdown. Uh, my wife and two of my kids have the vid. And so it has been my son and I, my oldest We've been hanging, you know, kind of staying away from everybody best we can and playing a crap ton of video games. Uh,
2: all right, yeah, well, you know, we noticed that you like to cheat with your kids and get the points and the backlog beat down, so we're not going to press on that because, you know, I I don't want to call you a cheater, even though you are, when you falsely accuse me of cheating oh, all that. Hold year. on,
3: hold on. Tricky, I love the way that Tricky is just passively... <laughs> Trying to th- to shovel shit on Daryl when he's like, we're, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to bring it up and mention it more than twice that you're a cheater. So we, we get that ball rolling.
2: Yeah, well, he is
3: a cheater, but, you know, we're not going to dwell on it. Well, oh, you know. oh, you mean Daryl doesn't get to defend himself. That's what you're saying.
2: Well, hold on a second. Did I get to defend myself when I was falsely accused last year multiple times by multiple people? No, yes, because I don't listen to that crap-ass show, The Loop Brothers, so I didn't even know they were talking shit. Yes, you do.
3: You have a podcast. You have a platform that there's a lot of overlap between The Loop Bros and the Trophy Horse communities, so you do actually have a way to defend yourself because you have a platform to, to talk on.
2: Yeah, but see, I, I would have had to listen to that crap-ass show, The Loop Bros, to actually know that they were talking shit. It wasn't until six months in when somebody said, hey, are you just going to allow Daryl to talk shit like that all the time? I said, I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Well, here, equal time, Daryl. Do, do you want to defend yourself, or do you just want to brush it off?
0: You know, I think it's adorable that Tricky wants to like, come in all strong on his show. When I just edited a near five-hour podcast where Tricky was on my show, and he was talking all kinds of mad junk, but not to me, you know, about everything else and everybody else. And what's, was, even more, was what's even more adorable is the fact that he says that I called him a cheater, when on my show, not only did he say he doesn't like being called a cheater, but then admitting to skirting, in quotes, skirting the rules as close to the line as you can to where you can't even see it anymore. So, cheers, yeah. Tricky. you <laughs>
3: You go to that line, but you don't cross it.
0: Okay, cool, man. That's cool. Whatever you want to call there, it. There know. is but no see,
3: way that you tow that line for this many years and don't cross it at some points. So there's I, no way. I, you're not I, that agile, Tricky.
2: I've never cheated at a video game in my life.
0: Except
3: for the well, ones no, that you- uh, wait, Hold on a second. Ex- uh, on a second. Uh, uh, except, except
2: for using you... like a cheat code. I'm talking about when it comes to trophies, I've never cheated to get my trophies. Now, Daryl, on the other hand, and other people-
4: d- Define cheating.
2: Okay, Daryl. On the other hand, has had people get uh, trophies and platinums on his account that he could not get himself. No, oh, you're, oh, you're,
4: you're talking Flappy Goat.
2: No, I'm talking Flappy Goat and because Daryl we does not have. Daryl does not know how
0: to flap his goat. We were passing the controller back and forth. In a I'll room bet you a thousand dollars.
2: I bet you a thousand dollars. I'll give you a week, and you cannot beat Flappy Goat. Well,
0: I would tricky, but I've already got the platinum on both platforms.
2: I, I will make, a, I will make hey, an account a and put $1,000 down.
0: Speaking of, anyway, I want, one of those two, I actually did myself. You're welcome. No, you did not. Yes, I did. He only did you one outright of them.
3: admitted B-Button Guy got them both for you.
0: No, just one of them. He got other people's that same day.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, well, Tricky, hold on. If we, we're on this topic of cheating, let me ask you, because I texted Yield the other day and said, Yield, they're online trophies for Hot Wheels Unleashed. You've got to win five races you want to help mm-hmm. me out with that, you, he scratches my back, I scratch his back, and we both get those trophies by basically Absolutely. boosting on online trophies. Would you not, not consider cheating. that cheating?
2: That's not No, that's no, not cheating. No, it's not cheating. But <laughs> some, somebody did... I, I, don't, I don't know it.
3: if I would agree with that because, look, I hate multiplayer trophies, which is why I'm willing to do it, but someone giving you a win, is that not...
2: No. Because nope. you're, you're playing within the rules of the system. Now, you're just
3: bending the rules.
2: No, you're not even bending the rules. Well, that's it, true. If if yield if you were to like somebody posted in our group chat, uh, and Alex, you said no one should accept uh, taking control of somebody else's earning tr- and earning trophies by playing for you. Now, if you had done share play and had yield get you a certain time on say split second, and so for a trophy, that's cheating. But if you had yield in that same race wrecking cars to clear the path for you that's not cheating now I don't know if and, that's possible second and, well, and, can, but and, and also
4: also I I would say uh I, w- w- I agree with what you're saying tricky but what I would say a, a way around that would be like what Daryl was saying that if you're if you're sitting in a room le- legitimately sitting in a room passing the controller and somebody gets the trophy yeah, yeah w- what are you gonna do because you're're you're playing with a group of friends passing the controller it
2: happens yep but,
4: okay. but, okay. but okay. In, in in this, but I would say you would have to be gamer enough to sit there and go, well, yeah, I really didn't earn that trophy. A bunch of us were playing the game. Somebody, somebody popped that trophy. And you know what? Thank you. I'll take it and run. <laughs> um, but to just blatantly farm out the trophy, just so that way you could inflate your numbers, that
3: I look on as cheating.
0: Right. And oh, that's oh, what see, mean we tricky,
3: do. Is Tricky cheating?
0: Yeah, of course he is. Now look, You're that's what we an did. Asshole. See, because for the first several years of the Loot Bros, we all sat in my stint, my stin, studio din, and we had a bunch of m- microphones on this giant sectional. We had multiple TVs on the wall, multiple Playstations, and everyone would log in to their own account, and we would play games while we podcasted. That way, when we popped trophies, we could do the obnoxious, you know, dubstep trophy pop. Uh, And all that stemmed around the trophy war, you know, as a way to kind of ramp up the obnoxiousness and the, quote, wrestling angle of our team versus y'all's team. And so what will happen is as you're talking and you're fighting with a trophy, you know, it's like, oh, dang, I'm not getting this. And then the guy beside you pops you on the arm. You give him the controller. He hands you his controller and vice versa. You know, sometimes we were playing fighting games together. Sometimes, you know, for the longest time, for Proving Gamer, you know, we would stream a game. So then we were all playing the same game, you know? And so, yeah, sometimes that was my my profile. Sometimes that was T-Bird. Sometimes that was Frosty. Sometimes that was B-Button guys. So and I think it's adorable is that a trophy that was popped in 2016 is still on the front of Tricky's mind. Like, he can't let it go. No, he can't let it go. No, I'm not letting it go because to me –
2: that's straight up cheating. If if me and Yield, Yield, I know you don't play fighting games. No. But if me and Yield, we're saying playing Mortal Kombat. And and we're doing c- couch co-op. And Yield does, you know, cuz uh in the latest Mortal Kombat, you have to do two fatalities per character. If Yield does both of those fatalities, to me that's not cheating. But if I straight out handed my controller to Yield and said Yield, do these two fatalities? Is I cannot get the button combination down. What is That's the difference
0: cheating. between it being his turn, you know, or him playing it in the midst of like, oh dang, I'm failing this level. Your turn. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. If he does the fake what, what you're saying is that if anyone, if the controller is anyone's possession, right, and it pops that trophy on your profile, they just need to commit Harry Carry and just delete their own profile and start over.
2: No, no, I I so, think it's more. I, I guess the better way to say it, I you think, it's think more about my,
0: you're questioning my intent is what it is, and the, yes, it, the intent it's, it's, was to pop trophies. So yes, if by I, your definition, if I, if I handed you I a controller,
2: cheated. if I handed you a controller and said, "Listen, I cannot beat the final boss Uncharted uncharted. I didn't two. say that.
0: I was actually on there talking about how trash you were at getting trophies in general, and it just so happened that while I was dogging you out on the podcast. Someone was popping that trophy. So, uh, what listen, was it? He might not have you got che- it. You, never you know. cheated. Sure, I cheated. If, there. If, if you, if you... you, <laughs> okay, <cheated>. you... <laughs> if you can't beat a level, no, and I cheated. If you can't beat a level, I cheated. Though.
2: <laughs> you did cheat. Okay, I did, and you still lost the war. I did. I cheated. Okay. So
4: so so let me ask you this then, because 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 I, I I did this shenanigans I, I loved, for Jack. I
2: love I love this part of the show. Okay, I I,
4: I, I did this shenanigans for Jack too. Everybody knows my frustrations with Jack, too, as, as I was playing it. Okay. So, I got to the end of the game, and I had all the trophies, but but three. The platinum, and 125 orbs, and 281 orbs, all right? Getting those orbs, especially trying to go through the guns, the, the gun range and all that, would be just, I'd go bald pulling my hair out trying to get it, because the camera angles got awful. So, there was a glitch in the game that you could, right before you collected an orb, you would stop, quit out of the mission, or restart the mission, and your character would fall down on top of the orb. It would collect it, and then you could just keep doing that. So, I was doing that, and unbeknownst to me that it had been patched, it wasn't working. So, I looked up online and found out another way to do it, and went into the debug menu and got it to pop. Is that cheating?
2: No, because that's not it, cheating because you're using a system
3: within, within, the, the See, within the game.
4: Within the game, I thought the same way. I felt dirty, but I wasn't going back and earning it the other way because I wasn't. Yeah. Spending, I wasn't spending two years doing this.
3: So I think the definition of cheating is when it's something skill based, like beating a game on hard, and you do have someone do that for you. Uh, that would be cheating but i think when it's something like just collectibles like just having to grind that is very not is not skill-based and just having to grind and do something over and over again for a certain amount of time to find a workaround like what yield did i don't think that's cheating so i think that the skill-based nature of an activity is what (coughs) makes cheating or not cheating if there's no skill involved and you just have to put time in i don't think finding a workaround is cheating because it takes no skill to do that activity
2: so you're saying a rubber band is not cheating.
3: I mean, no, because I think you could get those games. You could, you know, having someone else play for you, but I mean, if you're just like if it's just like a hey, there it needs to be the game needs to be running for this amount of time, like leaving a game console on or, you know, putting a rubber band on so your character will move. I don't think it's cheating. You know, if if a if a game maker is going to ask you to play a game for 72 hours straight to get a trophy or to walk in a circle for 36 straight hours, I don't think anyone's reasonably going to expect somebody to sit there and do that with their own two hands. There's going to be a workaround, just so people people don't have enough time to be doing that shit. So no, I don't think that's cheating. Although it depends on what the rubber band, what the intent with the rubber bands was. Was it a skill based activity, or was it just you're just burning time essentially? You don't want to waste the time to do some non-activity. All
2: right, let's get back to the show. Okay, we got
4: some topics.
2: We, we do have a lot of topics, and I, I, I just texted uh, Daryl. I said, I love arguing with you over stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it fun. All right, so let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 680, total trophies of 16,449 with 370 platinums. Hopefully, by the time you hear this show, I will be at 371 with my first legit platinum of the year because me and Daryl are on a no-spam year. Alex.
3: Oh, you mean you mean me, me, Alex? Well, that pulling up you. the agenda here for episode five ten. I have. How
2: will you not have the agenda?
3: Uh, because I've been looking at other shit on my phone. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs>
0: He's looking at butthole oh pictures. Being-
3: no, not right now. You didn't catch me doing that right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the talk of Flappy Goat, you know,
1: gets gets <laughs> <you> going. <laughs> um,
3: level four fifty four total traffic count of seven thousand nine seven hundred and seven thousand seven hundred. Ninety-seven, with a platinum count of one hundred and twenty in one hundred and nineteen games.
2: Yield. Duh, duh,
3: duh, duh, duh.
4: I, I was scrolling you, through something else. You don't
2: have the agenda, either, do you? No,
4: I was scrolling through something else. Ah, uh, level four sixty-eight with a trophy count of eight two one seven and a platinum count of one forty-seven.
2: Sid is level five hundred and forty six and with a total trophies of eleven thousand two hundred and thirty four, with two hundred and thirteen platinums. Sid is on the move. Holy shit! Darryl. Sid
3: gained twelve platinum trophies in between last this last <laughs> recording and this one. No, he was at he was at two hundred one.
2: Was he at 201?
3: Because you get a few weeks ago, you gave him shit for not getting to two hundred on an episode. Then you missed the next week, and Yield and I were on. We said, okay, uh, I think he that got was two hundred. Then he got his two hundred. Then wow. last week he got 201, so he's been, yeah, he's been on the move.
2: Sid is putting in the work. All right, uh, Daryl, you your trophies that are laughable.
0: <laughs> I'm a level 673, total trophy count of 15,538, with a platinum count of 363.
3: Hey, hey Tricky, you know what I have to say you, you? Because if you say that Daryl's count is laughable, then you're throwing shit at me, Yield, and Sid so uh fuck yeah. you buddy Fuck you
1: yeah, well,
2: yeah. I've been, uh, i I've been uh saying your your counts are laughable for years, but you guys don't care because you guys think I just spammed my way to the lead you did that's
3: exactly well, you what did. you did yeah that's, that's like all those years that the cow or that the uh, Yankees didn't have a salary cap so they just spent their money on on uh supposedly the best players in the league uh, in a lot of years couldn't even win the, the, the World Series still but uh you're just like right, the damn so- Yankees.
2: <laughs> be- before we get into what we're playing, because I, I want to have a conversation with Daryl real quick. Uh, Daryl, a couple games you played, and I- I'm not throwing shade here. I, I told Daryl, but a couple games that Daryl's been playing, I called into question and said that these seem a little spammy. and should not be allowed. I was overruled by the council and told that they were allowed. Then I reached out to other people because I wanted to play these games because I have a genuine interest in playing these games. Because of how highly Daryl recommends them. And somebody who I'm not going to mention said no because they're one and a half hour platinums and they're uh, spam and blah, 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 blah. And this person obviously doesn't know what the hell the definition of a spam game is. But Daryl, I want you, I want to give you the floor real quick and give you some time to explain why those games, in your opinion, are not spam.
0: Um, so they're good games. I mean, typically, if you play them correctly, which I heard you—you you heard your episode last week when you were talking about how these were called into question—and uh, they're full motion video games, F and games. I don't know how familiar you guys are, Alex and Yield, with like uh, the old games on like Sega and things like that, um, like Night Trap, and then Sega CD had like Sewer Sharks and things like that. But you know, these are these are essentially movies now. It's 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 up. It's 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 definitely upped its game, and they're uh, essentially full movies that are filmed, and there's just choices put in, um, similar to like an Until Dawn Heavy Rain thing, but without the uh, you know the the branching paths of that degree, and without the um, the uh, crazy. Oh my gosh, what you call it? The, uh, the the butterfly effect, the, the spider web, you know all that stuff. So. Uh, But they have multiple endings and, you know, and their choice base. And so essentially I've been trying to find something for my wife and I to do for years that's, you know, she likes reality TV. I like video games. So, I mean, we just don't have like a, like a thing together, you know, like there's not, we don't have like a common interest besides our children. And so, um, you know, we've been talking about, let's find something that we can do that's enjoyable for both of us. So, Um, I know she likes campy TV shows. So I was like, hey, let's try one of these, you know, full motion video games where essentially we're watching a movie, but you and I can make choices and play them together. And they've been a real hit. So uh, a couple of those games, just to rattle a few off, the most recent ones being um, Bloodshore, which is filmed from the perspective of a reality TV show. It's about a battle royale that the whole world watches and these people drop onto an Island and you have to make decisions, build relationships, yada, yada. yada. Um, but essentially one full playthrough is about an hour, hour and a half, uh, depending on the path you go down. Cause that depends on how much dialogue you actually have with other people. Um, they have, you know, a roughly a minimum of eight playthroughs, but once you have seen, like once you've witnessed the scene, you can skip it the second or third time. Now, my wife doesn't like to skip them because she wants to see the whole thing play out. So uh, another one that we played is called I saw black clouds. This one's a little bit longer than Bloodshore, but again, about eight ish playthroughs or something like that. I can't remember uh, multiple endings. And this one's a little bit more of like a psychological um, ghost thriller. Um, some playthroughs, there is a ghost. Some playthroughs, there is not a ghost kind of thing, but Essentially, that's all you are. They're, you're just making decisions through a movie. And I know that there's been some some questioning of that, you know. And these people can question all they want. I don't care. Uh, they're not the traditional spam as we defined it with the Radalica games and the uh, breakthrough gaming. You know, the 20 minute, 15 minutes, you know, platinums or whatever. These games take multiple playthroughs. And you know, the way that we're playing them is is you know, my wife and I are going through them together. So I'm not sitting here just burning through 11 of these. I mean, I've got a ton of them. I bought all of them that are out. You know, there's a company called uh, Whales Interactive that's putting them out, and they're good games. They're enjoyable, and it's it's they're perfect for when you don't necessarily want to invest yourself into a game. Like like you know, there's some days, Alex. You, I'm sure you and Yield, you guys will agree with me. There's days when you get off work and it's like, hey, I don't really want to play Ghost of Tsushima. I don't want to play the yeah, last. That, that's why I
3: play Animal Crossing. Those are my Animal Crossing days. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you know what? You will sit there and binge watch a show on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon because you're tired. He's like, I worked all day, blah, blah, blah. So a game like this, I saw Black Clouds or Bloodshore, just because those are the two in question. You can sit back with your significant other, or you can sit back by yourself, whatever you want to do. And it's like, you just, boom, I clicked a button. Oh, I made a decision. Oh, dang, I'm kind of getting into this. Well... You know, maybe I want this person to die. Maybe I want to try to save this person. Blah blah blah. And you just kind of hit a few choices there, here, and there. They have a streamer mode, which is what we use, so that like the game doesn't make the decision for you. It pauses and waits on you to work amongst each other and you know decide. And so um, you yeah, know, they're they're cool games. The thing the thing is this, and this is the big point of contention. This is why this is the second time on the show this has been brought up. Is that tricky? Went and made a whole bunch of side bets with people who already had preconceived notions towards games that are not 40 hour RPGs, you know. And he went and took a bunch of side bets with people and he's like, Hey, 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 I'm not gonna spam, I'm gonna put a hundred bucks on this, blah blah blah. And then now he's sitting there panicking because he hasn't gotten a platinum in 30 in the first 30 days of the year, and he's like. Oh no! Oh no! Wait a second. Um, does this count, guys? Does this count, guys? I mean, can, can I play this one? And and he's looking for the he's looking for the quickest platinum he can get away with. All the while, this is you know again, we're talking the uh, first thirty days of the year, and I've already landed myself one, two, three, four, five platinums,
3: and they're all questionable. So okay, so sure. from an outsider's <laughs> perspective. Uh, well, I guess I'm in the backlog beatdown this year, so maybe not an outsider, but. As I talked about with Tricky last week, I think that when you play a game, you know, Daryl, you talked about playing a game with your, games with your kids, that shouldn't count as spam because your intent is not to get an easy platinum. It's right. your spending time with your family, same with your wife. So when your intent is not just to, to get an easy platinum, when it's a bonding experience for you and for somebody else, you know, time be damned, like, that should be – and I, I don't think your wife is going to sit there and enjoy you playing – or watching you play I Am Mayo. Like, there's no right. enjoyment in that. So these movies – you all found a bonding experience. That's not spam to me because your intent is not to get an easy platinum. It's just to enjoy time with your wife. So that, that why right. to me is it's not spam.
0: And if they're not good, I'm not going to finish, you know, I'm not going to go for a platinum if they're, if they're not enjoyable. So See, my, yeah, okay, hang I on, mean, before you go, mean, before you go any farther okay. tricky, there's, there's one in particular that I have platinum years ago, but I don't recommend. And it's the bunker. Same company. But this one's a bit of a combination of a point and click adventure where you kind of got to find objects in the scene and the narrative decision making game. And I did not enjoy that one as much, you know? I felt like trying to find items in the scene to shape the the way everything goes um is frustrating and made the game it made it less enjoyable. So some of these other ones that are, you know, arguably if you go along to go to how long to beat and some jerk off says i i beat the game in 45 minutes and brings everybody's time down whatever you know so it is what it is but i don't go to i don't go to how long to beat for everything i play i don't i don't, I don't care you know it's like i'm not questioning i'm not out here questioning everybody's games i'm gonna play well, what i want to play i know what is you know has been identified as spam and i'm just gonna stay away from those and you know everybody else can suck it
3: one of the things I think, you know, that these competitions rely on is, well, how long does it take to beat? So, you know, I, there's a, a game I want to bring up. It's, it's I, It was on the PC. It's also, I think, on the PlayStation 3. Uh, I played it on both. <laughs> it's a point click puzzle adventure game. Bless you. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but <laughs> Machinarium. Bless you. I don't know if any of, any of you ever played it. Little protagonist robot guy. Uh, fantastic game. When you're going through the fir- first time through, like the puzzles can be kind of tricky, so it's going to take you a little bit more time. But if you know what to do, you can breeze through that game in a very short amount of time. But it's a really fun puzzle game. The the characters and the art style is real endearing. So Machinarium is an example of a game that's not a forty or twenty hour, you know, RPG or action game, but I think it should totally count for so of competition like this just because it's a really well made game and it is, you know, it is fun. It is enjoyable.
2: Okay. Now you only you only platinum four games this year.
0: Uh nope, uh, nope, nope, no, not true starting off um, January 2nd Playroom VR uh, January okay. 9th man-eater um, January 16th bloodshore January 20th I saw black clouds and January 23rd is the Sims 4
2: I, I apologize I man-eater didn't show up as a platinum it showed up as a 83 percent so I apologize
0: nah, it's because I I don't have the DLC for that one yet but I'm
2: good anyway now I mean listen Daryl kind of alluded to it like, I want to play what I want to play, and, you know, me and Daryl have our bet uh, to raise money for Extra Life, but I took side bets because there was a lot of people saying that I wasn't going to last a year. So when it comes to the side bets, I'm asking those questions because I don't want to have petty arguments with people. I'm not saying that everybody I bet against is petty. I'm just saying I don't want to have petty arguments saying, well, no, this is a spam game. So if I play the game and, so, and then it gets called into question. I want to make sure that it's already been approved by the council to say, yes, this is good. And to the council's credit, they said we approve these games, but they are going to be called into question by somebody else. And you may not want to play them.
3: So Tricky. I love sure. how you're, you're trying to avoid petty little um, conversations or arguments over games when it, you've shown yourself perfectly able to jump into a conversation, a petty uh, little argument <laughs> over games.
2: I I, I, legit, I legit want to do this year, not just to you know raise money for Extra Life with Daryl, but I want to do this because I want to shut down all the naysayers that says I can't not go 365 days without getting a spam trophy. The real, I, I think hey. you
3: can go 365 days. What I am not sure if you can do is if Daryl overtakes you in Platinums and starts to beat you, then I think you might you know feel that itch to resort to some spam. Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. Look at that, he's go got to have a cigarette all. right now to calm his nerves.
0: <laughs> Let's just all go ahead and just just realize, take a moment of silence for Tricky, because I gave him a 12 platinum lead, alright? And then, so here we are, I we're inside seven platinums, and I've been in school, like that's seven platinums all while juggling school, so.
2: And, and I've also been pulling 12, 13 hour shifts every day work. Hey
0: man, I, oh, hey. I, I work oh. 50 hours a week myself.
4: All I'm going to say is thank you. You can thank me to the both of you. Because if I wasn't nipping at Tricky's heels, he wouldn't have went spamming.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, if you look at it, every time I passed him, he would go on like a spam binge. (laughs) Spam page?
2: Spam spam page, yeah.
4: I I got within, what was it, Tricky? Two? One?
2: Yeah. Platinums? I I, don't remember how close it was.
4: It, it, It was pretty close. And my goal... Was I was going to sit there and get like, let's say I was within two. I know I was pretty close. I was going to get like three or four games within one trophy from a platinum. And then like Sunday night, right before we record, pop all those ones. And then when Tricky went, oh yeah, you're still so many behind me. I'd be like, nah, up, look at the update.
0: Oh, that would have been amazing. That would have ruined him. <laughs>
2: but, but That's, that's what Daryl tried to do on one of his episodes. He came always like, oh yeah, oh no, it was, it was my birthday. He's like, oh, here's your birthday. I yeah. you pass you
0: platinums. Well, then the problem is I go by PSN profiles, which has proven itself to be inaccurate because somebody, not naming names, has hidden trophies because they've been questionable for cheating for uh, ever.
2: <laughs> Since the PS3 days.
0: There you go. So this is, All right. these conversations aren't new to Tricky by any stretch.
2: All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, so, Daryl, you pretty much touched on what you're playing.
0: Oh, no, uh, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. I have not touched on what I'm playing. Um, I want to give a shout out, especially to DMC Devil May Cry. Oh, so so good! I know Alex is a fan of that game. Oh my gosh! I've put that in this week and played it. Um, couldn't put it down. I beat it. It was a blast.
3: So. it is a very good action game, and it mm-hmm. the only knock against it really, or the largest knock against it, is from Devil May Cry fans who are you know tried and true Devil May Cry fans who have been with the series you know since you know from the Capcom glory days. And they saw how Dante was kind of handled in that game. And they're like, we don't like how Dante's being portrayed. This game sucks. Now, not everybody, you know, Donnie can can admit that the game itself is is a fun game. But he's also, he doesn't really like Dante in the way that Dante is kind of presented in that game. So, I mean, but I've never really, even with all the naysayers, I've never heard anybody actually say the gameplay is bad. It's just, hey, we're longtime Devil May Cry fans and what the hell is this?
0: Yeah, it gets better too. Like as the game progresses, like the story gets better, and it was it was good, man. I I really that was one of those games where I jumped on. I didn't love the initial portrayal of Dante. I didn't love like just kind of like his attitude. It was a little little too trying hard to be punk rock and the red kind of hue all over everything. But um, but yeah, I ended up love learning to love it. Inst I mean, very 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 uh, early into the game, it was very very good. And so um, I played that. I beat it. My son and I uh, did the co-op campaign for fear three. We beat that um, yesterday. That was, that was another awesome, awesome experience. A game that I've been sitting on for a long time, but uh, you know, we just, I just brought it out. I was like, you know what? Let's just try it. And it has such a cool mechanic in there where you're two brothers and they're uh, one's a spirit and one is an actual physical being. And the spirit is like a psychic as well. And the the way that this the ending is decided through the game, which I had no idea until the end, was um, basically whoever does better in each level, you get scores or get a score built up based on like little challenges and like people, enemies you kill and things like that. And whoever wins in the end, it, it that is the ending you get. So if like if he beat me which is what happened. He got he got a better score than I did on a couple levels, and he ended up pulling out ahead of me. And we went with his ending instead of my ending, and it was freaking awesome. So, um, yeah, this week, you know, the, my main games that I kind of wanted to just bring out were um, DMC, Devil May Cry, and Fear 3, which are older games, um, but I finally got around to playing them, and they were awesome. All right, Yield.
4: So, uh, Rocket League on Thursdays. Uh, some Deep Rock Galactic, which I was able to get the A-Team trophy. So I'm kind of stoked about that. And um uh been playing a lot of Kingdoms of Almalar, Reckoning. And that's it. Just those three games.
3: Alex? So haven't really gotten back into much, or any really, uh jedi fallen order but i'm i'm winding up my time with hot wheels unleashed i'm kind of at a a grind point here i've completed all the single player stuff really so uh once shield can uh once he cracks into the game then I'll, I'll have him help me with some of the online trophies but yeah um winding up my time with hot wheels unleashed i've gotten most of the cars i don't think i have all of them but if 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 i don't if i'm only missing some it's only a handful so yeah, like I've said, it's a really fun racing game, and it's got that Hot Wheels license. So for anyone who grew up in the '80s and '90s, it's it's solid gold. Like it's it's a for me, it's a no brainer. If you you know you liked and enjoy racing games, you know even if you don't get every racing game that comes out, you know just periodically playing a racing game, like I like I've talked about before, you know I'll get that itch every now and again to play a racing game. But, uh, but yeah, I mean within the game, it's there are grindy trophies like uh, so. There's two currency systems. There's gears which help you upgrade cars to improve their stats and then there's also coins which allows you to buy cars or essentially buy there's you can buy individual cars from the store which rotates every hour and then you can also buy blind boxes which are the essentially um, loot boxes where you get a randomized car at every one so you may get the same car three times in a row or you may get you know instead of spending 2,000 coins for a legendary car from the shop you may get it for 500 which is what you pay for a blind box so um, yeah I mean it's that's going to be the biggest grind because you have to get, for one, there's three trophy trophies tied to the amount of money you have and then three trophies tied to how many gears you have. So overall, to get all of them, you're going to have to get 100,000 gold and then you have to get 25,000 gears. So that's going to be the biggest grind. I've already opened 100 blind boxes, so that one wasn't really an issue. But, I mean, it doesn't feel like an unnecessary grind. I'm not going to be sitting here like hell divers and pulling my hair out, hating the game. I feel like this grind, especially if you do the racing season, so they got a SpongeBob racing season now. And they have, like, three three tasks every single day. They're pretty easy to, to do. You reach the podium three times, win five races, drift a certain amount of time in a race, use boost a certain amount of time in a race. So if you're, you know, just spend 20, 20 minutes a day playing the game, you'll get all three um, tasks done. And it'll get you, you know, I think it's 450 XP, and that'll move you up a couple levels. Or it'll move you up... Um, It'll it'll get you. Um, you'll essentially what you'll do is you'll get at least 500 gears a day and 3,500 coins a day. So um, the uh, the racing seasons they do I feel like respect your time really well and they are going to help you get to the platinum faster. So I feel like you know if you if you don't want to sit here and, and grind through like be in part of the racing season where you also get um, you know cars. The SpongeBob pass comes with five different SpongeBob cars. Plus you know through the it's like the rocket pass. Whereas you level up, you get um, specific items to customize your basement. In, uh one of the options you have in Hot Wheels Unleashed is you have this little basement area, which is like your man cave, you would call it, or, you know, whatever, your gamer cave, whatever you want to call it. And it's just, you get to, there's a little kitchen down there. There's like a, a seating area. There's like a trophy room area. And there's just um, uh, like a little, I, I can't remember what all the areas are called, but there's four specific areas and you get to design it. You get to customize it. So, um you win in the, through the racing seasons, you get little items to help customize your basement. And you actually, the, one of the backdrops for the races is the basement. So the basement backdrop that you play in the game is unique to you because it's your actual basement that you customize and you design. So uh, not super deep customization, but enough to make you feel like it's your own little personal living space, which is really cool. So yeah, I mean, my only knock on the game is, is really the time trials, the time trials. It feels like you, there's shortcuts seemingly in every level, For every race, so, and some of these are ridiculous, like, you jump off the track and fly halfway across the track to land and turn to face the right direction on a section of the track that's, like, hundreds of feet away, so it's not, like, your typical, like, crash bandit, crash team racing shortcuts, which are actually, like, you know, pretty reliable, these are far less reliable, and there's a lot of trial and error that goes into making them and hitting them, but, uh, so the time trial's... It's it's annoying because it doesn't feel like it's completely skill based. It feels like in a lot of them you actually need to take the shortcuts. And like I said, some of the shortcuts are really ridiculous. So I think the time trials, well, they should be in the game because it's a racing game and time trials are you know trying to beat the best time is part of the fun. I think that they were poorly implemented in this game. Uh, granted, I've still done them all, so I mean they are doable. But the fact that you feel like regardless of how well you race that you're you're going to have to just take the shortcut, it makes them their implementation a little bit questionable to me. So it's like. You guys were a little bit too stringent with how difficult you were with the best times, the unleash times. You know, you probably should have scaled it back. So it was not, not super easy, but it was more skill-dependent instead of making players have to go to the internet and go to YouTube and be like, okay, well, where's the shortcut for this race? Because that's most of the time what I've had to do is, uh, is go find the shortcut and then do that. But overall, solid racing game. It's got a track editor, which seems like a lot of fun. If you're willing to put invest the time in it, you can get a lot out of it. But you know, if you just want to fart around, it's five, ma- five minutes making a really simple track with some some of the um, the different things like uh, the different hazards, like the, the spiders, or the pterodactyl, or the volcano, or all that. You can do that. So there's uh, a lot of good to this game. Like I said, the only the only downside I think is the the time trials and how they were implemented and how stringent they are. But it's a it's a super fun racing game. So and with the Hot Wheels license, there's all like really cool cars to uh, collect. You know, you know, with the gear system, you can upgrade cars and make them better. You're not going to make every car viable because, let's face it, every car has different stats, and some of them just aren't as good as others. So, you're not going to be able to make every ga- every car really good to where you want to play with it. But uh, just collecting them is is the fun part, really, and just finding the ones that, that are your favorites. So, yeah, I, I if you enjoy racing games like arcade style racing games, I would I would definitely give this one a look. So, um, but yeah, yield whenever you crack that game open. Let me know, cause we could. Oh, oh, I will. We can knock out those. Uh, there's, well, three trophies that we could easily knock out. You know, within ten races. So. Yes. But I mean, that's. I mean, this. Uh, yes. it, you know, I talk about how good the game is, but it's. It kind of. You know, the reason I've kind of stepped away from Jedi Fallen Order isn't because Jedi Fallen Order is a bad game. It's just because Hot Wheels is so much fun that I've kind of ignored Jedi Fallen Order to get through Hot Wheels. So. I'd say that's pretty high praise. I'm really glad that I, I gave it a chance, and I'm, I'm looking forward to. I feel like the uh, the racing season. I'm not going to put as much time into it as Rocket League, but with the racing seasons, you know, coming out periodically because they're going to do three, um, three volume, like three passes. So they've got pl- content planned out until like you know June or towards the end of this year, because uh, the third pass opens. We got the next pass coming out in February, then the third volume comes out in June. So they've got content planned out past the begin, past the, past the middle of this year, so uh, if the racing seasons, if they have good cars in them, then I'm going to keep playing them, and you're just putting my 20 minutes a day, and uh, there you go. So uh, it's really cool that they respect your time quite a bit. Oh, I did want to mention, it's weird because I bought the Definitive Edition. Quit laughing, Tricky.
2: Uh, I'm I'm just laughing because when you get on this spiel, it just it goes roughly for like 20 well, minutes. Yeah, because I'm talking That's about good, games. Good. I'm about I, games. I know. I'm just I'm just laughing because when Alex gets passionate about something, he just doesn't stop. Well, I want to give as much information Bad as
3: I can because you know Gareth was asking me, you know, on on Thursday Night Streamer <sighs> Rocket League, if you know the cars, the, the cars you can purchase, if they really affect if they're skill based, and and like I said, the cars all have different stats, but the best cars are in the game from the beginning. You can unlock them without buying the you know the SpongeBob racing pass or the volume one season pass that comes with like street fighter cars and um a holiday pack or a batman pack so you the best cars i've seen are built into the game already so the dlc cars while skill like while the stats do matter per car the 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 best they're not selling you the best cars in the deal in the dlc so
2: so it's not a pay to win thing
3: no no the car i've been using (laughs) is the the uh gucci seville cadillac and it's one of the super secret cars in the game. It's got, it's you know, from the start, it like had the best stats of any of the cars that I could access. So it's like, well, of course I'm using this one, but it was already built in the game. So I, I didn't um, have to buy that. Uh, but the weird thing is... I hear the,
0: oh, sorry, Alex. I hear that the Batman stuff is really good in there. Have you played any of that yet?
3: Yeah, so there, what the volume one gets you with the Batman stuff is, you know, it gets you customizables for your, um, like wallpapers and stuff and different like little things. Like there's a, a little bat signal trophy and um, other little things, just you can you can design your basement with. But also, you get five cars. You get a Joker car, uh, a Robin, Penguin. Um, I'm trying to think. Batman. I think there's two Batman cars in, involved in it. Um, but you get five cars, and then there's also the backdrop, the Batcave backdrop. So every different every race is different because the track layout's different. But you have these different kind of um, backdrops for each each race. So there's like a skydrop, a skyscraper backdrop. There's a garage. There is a skate park, there's your basement, and then there's like the Batcave. So, the volume one pass will get you access to the Batcave, where it just um, the races will take you to different areas of the Batcave, but just the track layouts are different. So, uh, it is really cool. The cars, the the, the DLC cars they put out are really, really cool, because I'm not a big Spongebob fan, but when I saw the Spongebob cars, I'm like, those look really good, I'm probably going to buy that. But the the Batman ones are really good, too. And uh, just being able to race through the Batcave and seeing like um, all the recognizable parts of the Batcave is really cool. So that, that DLC is cool, and what it does, it also adds some story elements to it. So the Hot Wheel City Rumble is a single player, and the Batman part of it, which comes with five quick races, which is just a race to the finish, whoever gets there first, and then five time trials. Um, so it gets you basically ten extra race events set within the Batcave. So it adds extra story content or extra single player con- on content out of the game. So you get the cars, the backdrop of the Batcave to race in, and then you also get the the extra story content and extra customizables for your basement. So it is That's really dope. cool. But yeah, the weird thing is is that when you buy the Volume One pass, like I figured that every content they released within that season would be part of the pass. But I bought the Ultimate Edition, which came with Volume One and Volume Two. But yet, I still had to buy the SpongeBob Racing season, which is still technically, I guess, within the first volume. But it's weird that to me it was weird that I had to buy that instead of just being uh, part of the the Volume Pass. So that I will say that they are. You know, I'm sure the Hot Wheels license isn't cheap, and especially further licensing Batman, DC Comics, and SpongeBob, also not cheap. But uh, I just found it a little weird that I had to buy the SpongeBob pack, which fell into the first, I guess, volume pass of the actual game. So there are, you know, you're not going to get every bit of content that comes out this season as part of the volume pass. So just just be wary of that. Be mindful of that. But I'm also gotcha. not sorry I'm, that I, I bought all, it all so far.
0: Yeah, I got it in my wish list. So that's definitely one. I, uh a you know, friend of the show, CJ, reached out and was like, Hey, yeah, this game's pretty good, and they got the Batman stuff's pretty awesome. I think you're gonna dig it. So, I've had my eye on it yeah. bef- even before, but once he said that, I was like, Yeah, most definitely.
3: So, there's three separate Batman cars in this there's the old school, I believe, the Adam West Batman car, and then there's the armored Batman car, and then there's one other one that I, I wouldn't know really how to describe, but there's three separate Batman cars in the game. And yeah, I think this is something, Daryl, that you and uh, at least your your oldest son Noah, Noah the Builder, yeah. I think you guys could really get into this together because obviously Hot Wheels is something we grew up with. But it, I think this is, it would be a good bridge point, a good game to bridge between the two of you because you could be like, hey, you know, Noah, look, you know, I know Hot Wheels is still around, but you could maybe uh, introduce it to him and be like, hey, Noah, look at this. I mean, this is something we had when I was growing up. I, you know, it's part of a fun racing game. What do you think of it? I don't know. I just think it could be a good bridge yeah. between the two of you that you all could play together. Oh, do so so you?
0: All my kids. So you would recommend the ninety
3: dollar version? Well, I paid. Uh, it was eighty something. I thought, um, but I, I paid sixty for it because I got it on sale. But the um, uh, right right now it's in the store for eighty nine dollars. Well, that gets you volume one, volume two, and volume two, and, and, and the, the game. So, I guess I would have people go look in what what um, licenses are tied to each volume because I know the first volume had like a Leonardo car, a Barbie car it had uh, the Batman pack, it also had a couple Street Fighter cars, one modeled after M. Bison, one after Blanca, which is really what sold me on it, kind of. And then I know in the future they're going to have, like, He-Man, Masters of the Universe and stuff like that, so I would go look at the licenses that are tied to the volumes. I don't think that anything's been posted for, for number three, but I think one and two kind of have some descriptors out there, so before you buy, I think that what what is worth it to somebody is going to be based on the licenses in there, and if they, you know, actually, like, he man or ninja Turtles or Batman or anything like that so I mean I got it for a great price so I mean I I'm doing I'm doing just fine but 90 bucks uh or close to 90 oh, well yeah it is it's 89 bucks I mean for for two volumes plus the main game and you know all the game all the cars that come with it I mean I, I would say yes but sounds like it's worth
0: it.
2: it it'll it all depends just, on don't. on
3: what your nostalgia level is and if you like the licenses they're you know making cars out of it so. all
2: right well I just I just confirmed purchase I yeah no I mean
3: if you <laughs> If you grew up in the 80s or the early 90s, I mean, if that's your wheelhouse, and I definitely think that you'll, and you like Hot Wheels, I, I definitely think that you'll get a kick out of all the licenses they're using. Because it is, well, I can't wait to see the heat. It's He-Man downloaded cars. now. Like, I'm, I'm ecstatic to see those.
2: Alright, well, it's downloaded now. Uh, and the only thing I played all week is Ghost of Tsushima for like an hour. It's actually sitting on pause to my left right now. I'm on the final mission. I want to beat that. Uh, hopefully I'll have some time to get the Platinum shortly thereafter. Oh, here's here's the point
3: point to make. You know, Daryl, you were talking about Tricky struggling to get platinums this year. He's not sure if he's going to have to go after the Ghost of Tsushima platinum or the. uh, He's got it one time, Mm. but he doesn't know if he's going to go after it again. Do it. Oh, you were. Oh, you were going to play New Game Plus, is what you were.
2: New Game Plus. Uh, All right, so let's get into a topic because we have a bunch of topics, as is customary in the first show of the new month. We are going to talk about the PlayStation Plus games. Uh, This is coming from IGN, written by Logan Plant, which, of course, is being translated over from, not translated, but brought over from the PlayStation blog. February's free games for Plus include Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, UFC 4, and Planet Coaster for the PS5 owners. Uh, Yield, I'm going to throw it to you real quick because uh, we talked about Tiny Tina a couple times and you said you're not too
3: interested in this. No, I'm not. So what? From what a I, pass. From what I understand, sorry to cut you off there, Yield, it is a, no, you're fine. It's a DLC. It's not a full game. It's, a, it's an episode of DLC, uh, which is what has people kind of up in arms, is that it's not necessarily a full game. You know, we got uh, Godfall Champions Edition, which was kind of the after game content. And this came out, uh, this particular DLC content came out, you know, following the main game. I can't remember which which main game it was, but it came out, what, 10 Three. years ago? Uh,
2: Borderlands 2 DLC, and it's actually now a standalone package. Yeah,
0: yeah, they they put this out as a standalone kind of in preparation for the new game. And from what I understand from from some of the Loot Bros crew that we have, the that all the tiny teen stuff is really good. Um, some say it's actually some of the best stuff on there. So do with that what you will. All right.
2: Uh, anybody else want to talk about Planet Coaster or
3: your? Well, I saw Planet that Yield, Yield was a little either. excited for Planet Coaster. and I was going to ask Yield what exactly like made him so excited about that.
4: I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be kind of fun to play a a Sims roller coaster game where you can design your own roller coaster. But I was doing some looking the other night, and they have a Ghostbuster pack for that uh, roller coaster game. That's got Dan Aykroyd and the guy who played William Peck in the first movie with their voices bringing their characters back for that pack. And you've got like a little story mission for it. And I'm like, I've already bought that pack. I'm I'm just, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. When I download it for the five, I'm buying that pack.
3: I'm assuming this game is kind of in the vein of Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is, you know, hearkening back to our younger days.
4: That was the gist that I got from the trailer where you kind of manage a park, build you know build roller coasters and stuff like that
3: so i mean well, right. hold on let's i mean since there seems to be an uproar from people about the offerings this month like how do we feel about them giving us essentially a dlc because i mean the, the the tiny teenest thing apparently is being sold standalone now but if it effectively is just dlc to a larger game like does anyone here have issues with that
2: Well, let me, let me ask you, let me answer your question with a question. Would you feel slighted if they gave us left behind for plus?
3: I think that, you know, they talk about free games every month and I think they need to define then what games are for us. I mean, I'm not particularly pissed about February because hell, I've got shit to play and you know, there's a big game coming out in February that I'm going to be occupying a lot of my time with, but I think that when you say that you're going to give people three free games a month, well, yes, technically, Tiny Tina is, and I don't remember the full name of the game or the the DLC episode, but I think that even if it's, you know, packaged standalone, I think that people are expecting full-size games to come out as part of the PlayStation Plus. So I think that Sony needs to explain what is in bounds as far as the game goes. You know, I mean, they're still giving us free content, so... but. If people are saying, "Okay, well, you're just giving us DLC episodes now," I can understand why people would have a problem with that.
2: If it was just straight DLC, yes, but this is a standalone game. I mean, but it was originally really released
3: were, as a DLC episode for another game and now being sold standalone. I mean, how long? I don't know how long it is, but if it's DLC, well,
2: technically, technically, um, Lost Legacy was the DLC for Uncharted, but that 4. was that was I mean,
3: a full size you know, game though,
2: isn't? Uh, isn't Tiny
3: Teen a full-size game? I, I, I'm i not in. I'm just... Like I said, I'm not in too much of an uproar about it, but I've seen people online getting upset about it. And oh. I just thought I would bring the question to the table is, are people okay with, you know... I mean, people didn't have... or had issues with the Champions Edition to Godfall, so... Well, they...
2: I think they did. <laughs> well, I mean, with,
3: with plenty of games for the PlayStation ecosystem that could be given away as part of PlayStation Plus, I mean... I don't know. I I think that Sony could do better, honestly, than a 10-year-old DLC pack for Borderlands 2. That's all I'm saying. Oh, snap.
0: Well, I think there's no better month to give us a DLC than this month, because this is a loaded month. And for me personally, if I was Mr. Sony, I'd be like, well, I don't want to give you too much to keep your eyes off of the real prize, and that's Horizon Zero Dawn and Dying Light 2, but that's just my opinion. Dying Light 2. Dynamite like right. 2, goat baby. Game of the year, I'm calling it. All right. Uh,
2: let's move on to our next thing that Al shared with me, and I didn't know why until I started putting the agenda together this week. KO. KO? KO. KO. As in, like, a <laughs> knockout. The kangaroo. Uh, apparently, was a mascot performer, first seen two t- decades ago on the Dreamcast and Game Boy Advance is returned for a reboot on all major platforms. This is coming from IGN and is written by Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, Punchy Kangaroo K.O. Kayo, Kayo, will again navigate colorful worlds clad in boxing gloves that can be imbued with various abilities. Coin collecting is a must, of course, and developers of Tate multimedia, also promising challenging combat along with unique boss battles. Naturally, it's a family-friendly game that Tate says will have an engaging story. Uh, Alex, I'm going to give you the floor first because you sent over the trailer for this. Uh, What has you so excited about this?
3: I love mascot platformers. Like, I love the anthropomorphic, the banjo kazooies, the crash bandicoots. So this is right in my wheelhouse. Now, I mean, um, well, I mean, we'll see if the game is any good, but I mean, the, it certainly looks charming. You know, if I had the opportunity to play Blinks the Cat, I would play Blinks the Cat. But that was unfortunately, you know, original Xbox exclusive. So I couldn't get my hands on that. Couldn't get my paws on it. But oh, that's what you did there. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, this game just looks really charming. And it's one of those, you know, game series that I will never outgrow. I'm never going to not want to play a good game that features an animal character going around and, you know, jumping and collecting things and just platforming and punching stuff. So, it just, I just, you know, and it seemed that, you know, quite a few people on the Trophy rose page that I shared, you know, seemed to like it. And, you know, I mean, I think someone, I can't remember who it was, they said, move over, Crash. It might have been Yield. I can't remember if it was Yield or not, but.
4: I think it may have been Sid.
3: Okay. I'll have to Actually, I'll have to look that up and give Sid his proper credit, but. I mean, it just, I, I love mascot platformers, so yeah.
2: All right. Uh, Daryl or Yield, anything on KO?
3: No, I
4: I like the trailer. Uh, like Alex said, I I like the simple platformers. They're fun, and it looked it. We're watching the trailer, kind of remind me of a Crash slash Spyro game, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's give it a whirl. Who doesn't like a kangaroo that knocks people out? I mean, All looks right. fun.
0: I'm not a I'm not a fan of the uh, mascot platformers. Uh, I have a few that I like, but as far as like the general, you know, what I'm saying consensus, they're not my favorite, So. I'll let you guys tell me how this is.
3: Actually, it was Gareth. Gareth said move over Crash. Alright,
2: uh, well, Daryl just said how February was going to be a loaded month. Well, it got just got a little lighter on the load, as Evil Dead the game has been delayed until May 13th. Uh, Saber Interactive and the Boss Team Game shared the news on Twitter saying the delay was due in part to the fact that, quote, when the team set out to create a brand new game worthy of the Evil Dead franchise, we knew it had to be groovy as hell, end quote. Sure, they hit that goal, they felt the delay was needed to, quote, in order to deliver the best possible experience, end quote. Now, only put this in because we know how Yield is a huge fan of Bruce Campbell and the Evil Dead, even though he said, if I remember correctly, you weren't too hyped about this, Yield.
4: No, I was. Is that, is that the? Well, the last thing I wasn't hyped about was the uh, him being in. Was it daylight? Because I don't do daylight. Dead by, day,
2: dead by daylight. Dead by daylight.
4: Yeah. Oh, dead by dead, dead by daylight. I don't really remember what I said about the Evil Dead game.
3: Well, anyway, hey,
4: if you delay it because you want to make it better, you don't want to release a crappy game like. Also,
3: I do. Uh, I do have hope. Cyberpunk.
4: I'm okay, okay. I do have
3: hope for that game because the remake of Evil Dead they released, uh, I mean, it, it was in the last 10 years, but it, it certainly wasn't recent, but it um, they, they was actually pretty good, the remake they did of Evil Dead. So I, I do have hope for this game that, you know, they're not just throwing the series out there to see how much money they can reel in. Because The Evil Dead remake, I can't remember when it came out, I feel like it was you know the last 10 years at least, not, you know, super recently, but the remake was actually pretty good. And, you know, you know how remakes for horror game, go, horror movies go. They kind of hit and miss most definitely. But, you know, I thought it's pretty good. So if the the remake can be good and, you know, you can bring Evil Dead into the more present day, then I think that that means good things potentially for this video game. I mean, it's all on the developers, so we'll see. But I, I do have hope for it being actually pretty good.
0: So I wanted to uh, say something real quick, Tricky, before you get into it. Um, Yield mentioned that he doesn't do Dead by Daylight. And neither did I yield until right now. Like I've been playing it this week with my kids, uh, mainly my oldest and one of his his best friend. And they, you know, they've reached a couple map packs, or I'd say character packs rather, that I really enjoy that do come with maps and things like that. And the game is kind of janky, and I didn't really like it the first time I tried to play it. And I tried to do a community game night with it for the Loot Bros years ago, like over three years ago. And we couldn't get a match. And I was like, this sucks. This is trash, blah, blah, blah. I wrote it off. And yet they keep putting all these like awesome, you know what I'm saying, like characters and character packs and stuff in there. Um, They've got the, you know, like the Scream characters. They've got Ash from Evil Dead in there. They've got Leatherface, Jason Voorhees, Freddy, all that stuff. Well, they put uh, Pyramid Head and Cheryl from Silent Hill in there not too long ago. And Nemesis... Uh, Jill and Leon from Resident Evil. Now, of course, Resident Evil, I got to buy it. So I did. I bought them and I've been playing the game with my son this week. And the first couple of times I played, I was like, this is really not good. This is dumb. I don't know why anyone would like this. And the more I play, the more it's growing on me. And I, if you, it, it, I wouldn't recommend playing it unless you have a group of people you would play it with. Um, and or you just really like the sudden rush of intensity and fear from something chasing you and stabbing you. Um, the gameplay loop took me a little while to get into as a horror fan, and as a fan of these properties. Like I was like, I'll try it. I'll keep trying it. Cause that's what they're into right now. And, and honestly, I didn't even want to play it, but like my son's been begging me for a while and it's a little gory, you know, a little bit more than I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know that I want you playing this yet, but, I was like, you know what? I'll tell you what, we'll play it together. I'll check it out. Blah blah blah. And it's growing on me. It's growing on me. It's a, uh, it's not something I want to do every day or sit there and play by myself. You know what I'm saying? When I have, um, you know, when I have my, you know, my son or something, I'll play it. But yeah, it's it's growing on me. So I just want to throw that. All out. right, all
2: right. Moving on here. Warner Brothers wants to reiterate that Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knights will both arrive this year, despite still not having an official release date yet. Uh Warner Brothers CEO Jason Kilar confirmed on Twitter that both games will be released later this year as part of the company's plans. Quote, if you want to know what motivates us as a team, it's this mission to move the world through story. This mission, the strategy continues in 2022 with a sense of urgency launching HBO Max as many countries this quarter and the balance of the year launching CNN Plus, delivering a full state of highly anticipated games. End quote. Of course, the games he's referring to are Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knight. Although neither game has a solid release date yet, it's thought that Hogwarts Legacy will be released sometime after the upcoming Fantastic Beats movie, uh, Beast movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, and that was uh, Hogwarts Legacy was first announced last September during the PS5 event, uh, and then. Gotham Knights, on the other hand, is based solely on the classic DC superheroes. Although originally set for a 2021 release, Gotham Knights was pushed back till 2022 to, quote, deliver the best possible experience for players, end quote. Uh, so there you go. Uh, giving you an update on those games. I know not a lot of you guys are interested in that besides me.
0: I'm all about some Gotham Knights, dude, and like I, I, we just did. Uh, we just went through all the Harry Potter movies here and went to Universal Studios and did the whole Harry Potter experience. So we are, you know, we watched all the Fantastic Beasts movies. Like we're fresh uh, on on Potter in this
3: house. Yeah, and that experience of going to the it's the, the official name is Harry Potter World. It's um, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I think is the official name of it. But right, right. that section of Universal Studios is so cool. Like, I've seen the movies, but I haven't read the books, so I don't have the same level of love for, you know, Harry Potter and those characters as most people. But you can go to that place and not really be a huge Harry Potter fan and still have a great fucking time. Because that place oh, is yeah. so well done and so amazing. Just stepping off the Hogwarts Express and walking out into Hogsmeade and seeing the castle in the background, it's an incredible feeling.
0: It's, it's, they nailed it, too. It looks just like it does in the film. And the train and everything is awesome. All right, moving
2: on. Respawn is working on three, that's correct, three new Star Wars games, including the Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Uh, I just lost where I wanted to read the thing here. Uh, The Jedi Fallen Order sequel will be joined by two additional games set in the Star Wars universe, both of them yet untitled. One will be a first-person shooter led by Peter... Hirschman, who previously served as VP of Development at LucasArts and has a long history of working with Lucasfilm and co-created Medal of Honor. The other will be a strategy game developed by BitReactor, the recently formed studio composed of FireAxis Games veterans best known for their work on XCOM franchise. BitReactor will will work, work closely with Respawn on the new project. Respawn founder and group GM Vince Zampella will oversee this Three New three-game initiative, which EA characterizes as, quote, a new phase of EA's relationship with Lucasfilm, end quote. Now, I brought this up, one, because we know how we feel about EA, uh, although the Fallen Order was uh, received well. But now we have another, three new Star Wars games, so that makes a total of five new Star Wars games that have been announced. Um... One, I want to ask you guys how you feel about Fallen Order getting a sequel because I have not played that. And two, is it possible that we're getting too much Star Wars too quickly?
3: Yes. Hey, I like Star Wars, you know, as much as a lot of people. But, I I mean, we we watched The Mandalorian I, as soon as we could every single week when they released episodes. Or, wait, were those? It was Mandalorian yeah, – they, they Disney they were- released Mandalorian – once a week, right? They didn't put everything on there for right. to binge it, yeah. Right, correct. Because they wanted you to keep coming back and, and, and not binge it in yes. one day or two. So we watched that all the way through as soon as we could. We've not watched any of Book of Boba, Fett. And I... Oh, you know, should. I mean, we eventually will. Uh, but I feel like they are really, really hitting the Star Wars drum really hard. And for one studio with an EA, Respawn getting three Star Wars games, not even talking about... You know what Quantic Dream is doing with Eclipse that's a lot now granted you know they're all different games you know one is going to be a Fallen Order sequel which is a third person action game then you got a first person shooter you've got a strategy game you know chances are you know even if you like Star Wars you're not going to pick all of them up I get it but there's been a lot of Star Wars coming out and I understand that they paid a lot of money to bring Lucasfilms into Disney but how much is too much? You know, I, I I just can't get excited for when there's so much Star Wars. I can't get excited for Star Wars. I mean, that's one of the, the reasons that made the, the prequels before, you know, anybody saw them. And I like the prequels personally. Well, Attack of the Clones. Eh. But I think that part of what made those that time so exciting is that we hadn't gotten a new Star Wars movie in the longest time is like, what, 15 or so years? Because when it came out in 99 Phantom Menace, was 99? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what, mid-80s was um, was 83 or 84. 83. Yeah. So it's 15, 16 years since we got a Star Wars movie. Now, you, everywhere you look, he gets slapped in the face with Star Wars. And, I mean, that's not – I mean, I don't want to call that a bad thing, but, you know, if you're if, –
4: that, that, That's Disney making up their $4 billion. Prices. I don't
3: think Disney needs to put out a 1,000 Star Wars games to do that, but I think they'll make up their money just fine. I just think that – part of you know what made star wars special in the first place was that you didn't see it all over the fucking place and now it's all over the fucking place and sure maybe it'll make you a lot of money whenever i hear though that one studio is doing three games <coughs> in the universe i'm like really do we need that many star wars games I, I i mean and i haven't played that far into jedi fallen order to be like yeah they shouldn't have done a sequel or yeah they should do a sequel it seems like the first game was well received, so go ahead with a sequel. And the first game came out, you know, long enough ago to where now that they're, you know, we know they're working on a sequel, I feel like, you know, there's a good amount of time there to actually, you know, incubate the game and make sure it's good and, you know, put some time and effort into it instead of just slapping another price tag on it and shooting it out the window or, you know, shooting it out to stores or onto digital storefronts. But. I, I would like to see less Star Wars, honestly. I'm getting to the point where it's like I'm rolling my eyes every time. It's like, oh, there's a new Star Wars game coming out.
2: Of course there is. All right, Yield, you, I know you're just as big a Star Wars fan as I am because we've been having our little secret argument inside the text chat, but <laughs> <laughs> go ahead with your uh, your so, feelings on this.
4: So I, I'm okay with the Fallen Order sequel. I mean, where they carved themselves out in the timeline, the mo- the game was good. So, and the story was good. Like I said, it's kind of a slow burn. Once you get past that, it, it it's good. So, I'm okay with that. Um, the other two games being made by one developer, I'm never keen on that. Where I, I think that's where sometimes series go to die, in a sense, where you dump everything under one, you know, oh, here, we're going to trust you with everything, instead of letting... Other developers take their shot at it. So those other two games concern me in the sense of of well, what are they going to be? You know, because they know the formula that they have with Fallen Order. Are we just going to get a copy and paste, and we'll just tweak it here or there and a little change, and it's basically Fallen Order 1.2, but it but with a totally different title. That's what worries me there. And on top of what you're saying, they're doing three games. We're actually getting four games because Knights of the Old Republic's being remade. Granted, that's by somebody else, but that's four Star Wars games we're getting.
3: Well, actually, no, we're getting a total of five because Eclipse.
4: Eclipse? Okay, five. So, see, I I agree with Alex. We, I love Star Wars, and I want Star Wars in my video games and everywhere else that I can get it. But not give so much. Well... <laughs> Unless you're hitting different time frames of the universe, you can you can bleed it dry. Like I said, Fallen Order hit in a good spot. We know that Eclipse looks like it's gonna be nothing that the movies talked about, so that's a clean slate. And I've never played Knights of the Old Republic. Again, that's stuff the movies never touched. So that's why I'm excited for like those two movie those two games because this is stuff that I've never, you know, I've, I've never seen. I've heard people talk about it here and there. So it'll be interesting to see where these other two games go. Where are we plugging in in, a, in the timeline?
3: Well, y- You also have to remember, I just thought of another game. We have the Lego Skywalker saga coming out.
2: Yeah, but that, you know what? The, yeah, I mean, that, but that's a Star that's, Wars that's, but that's
3: not a Star Wars game. It, it most definitely it, it is a Star is, Wars game. You're playing well, through the movie scenes. Okay. How is it not a Star Wars okay, game? Okay, hold on, hold on.
4: It it is it is and it isn't it. okay. It's it's a Star Wars game, but it's a Lego game. I I am on this argument. I am on the fence, and I agree with both sides of the argument. And I don't care. I'm just going to enjoy the game.
2: Uh, all right, Daryl, uh, who famously likes to spoil Star Wars movies, <laughs> I forgot I
0: did that. <laughs> um, I didn't. I'm.
2: Hey,
4: hey! You need to be careful about that because somebody on my social media did that with Force Awakens, and I banned him and never talked to him since. Well, so,
2: he, he he did it. Was it was it the Force Awakens? Yeah, I think. He, yeah, he, whatever episode seven was. He Daryl. Force came, Awakens. Yeah, Daryl came on like every five seconds was spoiling it.
0: Uh, that <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny though. Um, as far as me and Star Wars goes, I'm I've never been a huge Star Wars fan. Like I liked the you know. The original three movies that came out, and I didn't care so much for the prequels or whatever. I don't even know anymore where they are. Yeah, the prequels. And then um, I didn't so much care for the last three movies that came out. The Mandalorian the was- Yeah, the sequels. I didn't care for them, realistically. I mean, really, I didn't care for them at all. Um, I really loved The Mandalorian. So like to me, that was fresh. It was like, okay, here's something different. I like this. And then I haven't watched The Book of Boba Fett yet. Um, that's on the uh, that's on the to do list for sure. But um, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm gonna tell you, it's it's like the Mandalorian in, in the sense of season one. It's a slow burn, so don't don't after the first episode go, ah, this sucks.
0: Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. The kids really love the Mandalorian, and I I'm just at this dude. I am my kids are at the perfect age to enjoy things. So pretty much, if it, if there's an opportunity for us to enjoy something together, I'm gonna dig into it and. And so we'll try it. As far as the games go, um, I need to return to Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I've never played... Well, I've played KOTOR. I've never beaten KOTOR. I played it back on the OG Xbox. And so I'm very excited about that one. Um, As far as like... Like like Alex is saying, I mean, are we Star Wars out? Yeah. I mean, I I am, but I'm like the lightest version of Star Wars out you can be. I'm not one of those guys who's like, because I've seen a thing a bunch, means that this should stop happening. It's just for me. It's like okay, well, I, it, for me, I'm at max capacity. Therefore, I'll probably sit out for a little while and let them build up until I'm ready, and then I'll dive back in. So, well, then, I mean, I, I just an analogy.
2: It's like, what if they just announced five Resident Evil games that are co- all coming out at the same exact time? You don't, you don't feel like that would be too much Resident Evil at one time.
0: So I would then need um, a quick bottle of water or ten because I would be dehydrated from busting all (laughs) kinds of nuts. No, I'm just kidding. um, So for me, that's different. So, like, whereas, like, y'all might, Star Wars might be your thing, you know. That might be, like, your favorite franchise or whatever. Resident Evil's mine. And, like, for me right now, like, we just got a new game.
4: You can make excuses for that.
0: Well, that's just what I'm into, you know. Like, to me, it's like, jerk. Yeah, there's no, there's no too much Resident Evil for me. Just like there's no too much Batman. Like I, I've got like, I got stacks and stacks of Batman comics behind me. I haven't finished. I got a new Batman movie coming out. We got a couple different games come in the Batman universe. Quote. We're getting all these superhero spinoff shows in the Batman universe. So like, you know, to me, there's no, there's just certain things that I'm into. So therefore, like, the more you give me, the more I'll enjoy. Uh, Resident Evil being probably the number one thing like that. So, um, But like with Resident Evil right now, we just got the Netflix animated series that just came straight to Blu-ray, or just came to Blu-ray, so I just watched it. Um, We just got a new movie in the theaters. I watched it. We just got a new game. We're supposed to have RE, like Reverse, which is the multiplayer shooter coming out. There's uh, another remake coming out of a previous game. We just had two remakes one year after another, so like I mean, we're eating good over here in the Resident Evil universe, so I can't judge the Star Wars guys for eating good because we're eating good over here. You know what I'm saying?
2: I I just think I I just feel like this might just be too much. Like, I, it's I I don't want to say it's like it's like I, I think Alex said it was Disney trying to recoup their money. I, well, I didn't no, I, I didn't say happen. that. I, I, well, somebody, I'm sorry. I I f- forgot who said it, but I don't feel it's that. But I do feel like. Now that it's out of George Lucas's hands and in a corporation's hand, I I do believe that they're <coughs> they're trying to push you know all the things. Well, I mean oh, they're
4: going to milk but, this sucker dry. But
2: I, I'm I'm happy that we're not getting like Luke Skywalker or Han Solo stories. I, I like the fact that we're, we're branching out to other characters. We're getting the Mandalorian. We're getting the book of Boba Fett. Yes, we're like, branching out I to like brand new characters never out. seen
3: in the Star Wars universe before, like Boba Fett.
2: Right, we're getting we're getting the backstories of Boba Fett. We're getting, you know... I like that. It, to me, I don't know if it could be too much Star Wars at, at one time, but I do believe that they can't all... Have two similar properties. Like you gotta stay like a good Star Wars game, in my opinion, has to include the Force. It has to include lightsabers. Otherwise, it's it's not really that interesting. But then, if we got a Boba Fett game or we got a Mandalorian game, that could be interesting as well. Like I, I'm kind of if
4: don't, how
3: I feel well, about if, this.
4: If done right, that's always the caveat. Well, they didn't they did right. have the Bounty
3: Hunter games you, you, come out. Oh, what console generation was that? Uh, was it plate? Was it PS2? PlayStation Two era? Man, they had no, like what? Yeah, I mean, uh, what was the game on PlayStation that had the stormtroopers on the front? Dark Forces or something like that? Um, I don't remember. No, that
4: was a computer game. I need to. It? I need um,
3: to look that up. Battle. Ba- that was
2: Battlefront. No,
3: Battlefront and Battlefront Two came out on the PlayStation Two. I'm trying to think. On um,
2: I, don't, I okay. Just let me finish my point. while you trying to look that up? I don't. I'm. I'm iffy with it. Like I love Star Wars. I mean, to the point that mean. Like I said alluded to earlier, me and old had a, kind of like a nerdy argument side of our text messages. Uh,
4: I was trying to work, by the way. I'll have you
2: know. So was I, so I don't want to hear it. I was at <laughs> work myself. And I, I love how everybody was quiet and then your brother came in at the last minute. is was like, oh, this point, this point, this point. And then all along, the whole Boy, time, we're having the whole argument, you got Nitro trolling both of us.
4: I was ignoring him. I mean, I, I mean, it was funny, but I, I was making my point. And and, and defer to that, I, I got a couple of guys at work that we talk Star Wars stuff, so I alluded it onto them as well.
2: And, and how are they feeling?
4: Uh, they, have, they have felt the way I felt.
2: Okay, we're, we're not going into it now because the show will Okay, Okay, end. so that yes,
3: there was, there was a Star Wars game called Dark Forces on the PlayStation. Also, for anyone who's never played it, Jedi Power Battles on the PlayStation Dreamcast was a fantastic game. Where you got to play as a lot of the famous right. Jedi's from the Jedi Council in the, the earlier days, so you get to play as Plo, Plo Koon and, and Mace Windu, and uh, Addie Gallia, I think, was in there as well. That was a super fun game. Oh, wow.
4: That would have, that
3: felt like that would be fun.
2: All right, we're uh, going to move uh, on, on just for, just for the interest of time. you me,
3: you are killing well, I mean, the, the Star Wars strategy is the same thing they're doing with Marvel, where I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there that have Marvel fatigue. The one saving grace of this is it seems like Sony is smart enough, or it's not Sony, Disney is smart enough to hit a lot of different genres with their Star Wars games because we know that you know the the three the games that Respawn is doing they're all very different and you got Lego which is is very different even though it's a Star Wars game it's it's a very different style of game you got Eclipse coming out which is going to be probably different and more story and more heavily story based than anything out there including Fallen Order so they are hitting different pitches with all their their different Star Wars games i just think that also with so many Star Wars games out there do you, i mean unless you get the right timing you run the risk of cannibalizing your sales because there's only so much time that you have for all these Star Wars fans, there's only so much time Star Wars fans have to devote to all these franchises or all these IPs. So you just got to be careful not to burn people out and just make sure that they're not all releasing in a small window. Because, you know, if that happens, then you, uh, you're
4: you fighting yourself. Yeah, sales. you're
3: fighting yourself. And also, I'd be interested to see this first-person shooter, if it's going to be replacing the Battlefront series. Because, obviously, that was EA's uh, multiplayer shooter series within the Star Wars universe. I think it was third-person I don't know if you could ever switch to uh, first-person in, in you know view in any of those games. You can. You can? I can. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious if this is a continuation of Battlefront or if there's so much bad blood when it comes to Battlefront, if they're just getting rid of that and, and going another direction and th- this new FPS is going to be replacing Battlefront. But, yeah, I mean, Star Wars fans, I think, will eat up a lot. But I also think that, you know, you've, you've got to be smart. Even with Star Wars and, and Marvel, you have to be smart because there's a point where people will be like, okay, i got to take a break from this because there's just too much here. It's it, it's there's too much food for me to eat here. I'll be I'll be stuffed and ready to explode like violet bull, violet bull regard.
2: All right. So, we're going to skip a topic cuz we're getting a little long-winded here.
0: I want to talk about something cool.
2: Uh, right. Star Wars isn't cool. Be, well, it is cool, but let's talk about something else.
0: Dang, Triggy. Hating on no Star Wars. Not cool.
2: I know. Come on, man. Uh, this is coming from Jared Moore over at IGN. Your PS5 will finally let you upload captures to your mobile. Uh, as spotted on a Twitter account, Gaming and Interactive Photos, and reported by VGC, fl- fans will now be able to have their captures automatically uploaded straight to their PlayStation mobile app, as seen in the tweet below. Video clips will be sent to devices... Will be limited to three minutes or less, while captures are generally, uh, while captures more generally will have ex- expiration period of 14 days. Regardless of the limitations, this still marks a step forward for Sony fans. Up to this point, players hoping to view their latest clips on mobile would either need to invest in additional equipment or upload them to social media from their consoles and download them from there. As we v- as per VGC, in order to check whether or not your console already has gained the feature, you'll need to head over to the Media gal- Gallery on your console where you should see the above pop-up if it's available. This feature has been been in beta testing for some regions already, but it has already appeared to be rolling out worldwide. All right, so I'm going to stop there. And the reason I'm talking about this is just because I want... Uh, I know Homer used to like share his video clips of when he was playing Hot Shots and Yield. I think you did that as well. Yes. This will certainly make this easier to do. Uh, Yield. I know you haven't, you know, even cracked over your PS5 yet, but this was a hindrance for, because like we, when you get a, a trophy on the PS5, you get a screenshot and you get a video as well. Now we'll be able to share our platinum videos, you know, or our cool uh, trophy pops videos. We'll be able to share them more easily on our social medias as they're ready on our mobile app.
3: So let me ask you a question. Because now, when I, because a lot of times we're not a lot of times, but sometimes I, I will share. Like I'll take you know screenshots or I'll use photo mode to take pictures within games and then share that with the community and be like, hey, you know, here's my journey through this game. You know, if you if you played it and you you know spoilers aren't a thing for you, then you know, please feel free to look. And um, you know, I, I just as a way for everyone to share. You know, hey, here's a game we played. And here's some you know, cool shots that I took. What do you guys think? So from this app, will I be able to basically save the, the photos to my phone and be able to put yes. the photos in like a separate folder or something to keep it safe? Yes. Yes, you'll be able Which to. Which is nice that because now what I do is I have a, thir- a Western Digital hard drive that I will plug into my PS5, and then I will move the, all the, f- the photos over to, the, PS- or to the, the hard drive, then put the hard drive into my laptop, and move all the, or copy the photos over there and then upload them to other places. So if I can just have them automatically yeah. uploaded to the PlayStation app and then put them on my phone from there, I'll download the PlayStation app. That that is a yeah, reason dude. for me alone just to download the PlayStation Well
2: app. Well, if you if I, I don't not a shot at you, but if you're if you're a PlayStation fan and you don't have the PlayStation app. Oh, on go your ahead phone, and take
3: your shot, Tricky. I'm ready. You you
2: <laughs> are certainly not a uh, uh. A true oh, fan. really tricky because, because I don't have the, the mobile the PlayS- app. I'm not a.
3: I've owned every PlayStation console, home console since inception, Listen, and I'm not a the, PlayStation fan because that, I don't have the app on my phone. No, you're
2: not. You're not a true fan because the app helps out so much with the PS5. You're able to download your games. You'll be able to to delete stuff off your hard drive if you're home. Like you have a uh, Horizon Forbidden West pre-ordered. I would hope. I don't because uh, you know why you, I don't
3: pre-order it. Because oh, oh, I'm going to be able to log on
2: I love how whenever the game is released to make a and just download it. I love you, Alex. What? I love you.
3: No, you don't. You're taking shots at if, me. You if, you were,
2: shit. if you pre-ordered the game and then all of a sudden on your phone it comes, oh, uh, we don't have storage to download your game, you could go onto the... The app delete a game off your system, so the game is downloaded and ready for you to go when you Tricky, get home. Why
3: would I not have space on my hard drive right now? My PlayStation Five is is because relatively new. I got it in August. Why am I already running out of space? Because
2: because uh I don't have space. I have well, uh, yeah, because
3: you have two. Like, I have played nine hundred games. I
2: have an trans- internal drive and I have an external drive, and I'm still you running. You played nine hundred games. Probably,
4: I I probably because you transferred all your old data to the system.
2: Yes. See, I'm not doing that. But that, but that, but that's not even the case. Because right now, just on my okay, just on the, the PS5, just on the home screen, I have Ghost of Tsushima, Hot Wheels, so they just downloaded it, uh, the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, uh, and Division
4: oh, Two. You and were one of those people. I'm so sad. I'm disappointed in you.
3: Yes, how dare somebody pay $10 to be able to play two really good games on the PlayStation 5? What is wrong with those people?
0: Not only is it only $10, but the beauty of it is if you only owned one of them and paid 10 bucks, you get the other one. You get them both, and you get all the bells and whistles of the PS5, which is game after game after game, justifies the price of admission, and you get one free ticket to see the movie. I, well, I didn't get the free ticket to the movie. Yeah, well, you will. You should because it's for for you get. Sony announced I didn't this past week. It. Are you? Even pre- well, no, no, they, they're saying even if you upgrade, it's supposed to be ten bucks. It's supposed to be a, a ticket to the movie.
2: Well, the the upgrade wasn't available until after the game release.
0: So, well, either way, I think that even I think you still get it. Either way, though, like the PS, the, just the friggin' haptic feedback and all that <laughs> stuff alone is worth my ten dollars.
3: All right, yeah, let, let me ask you a question for. Somebody yep. who's already purchased the game before, $10, even if you only bought one of them, like Daryl said, you, you pay $10, and you get access to both games on the PS5. What do you think would be a, because obviously the discrepancy for you is the price, that's that's where you see the issue, is the price.
4: No, 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 10 bucks is a heck of a deal, I just, I, I, I am not a fan of buying a game on a system that's a system old. I just not. I played him on the I played him on the 4. I'm he he doesn't go- want I'm, to pay I'm,
2: to upgrade I'm, games I'm, to the new system.
4: I'm not going to play. Yeah, I I own him on the 4. I'm not going to play 10 bucks to play him again on the 5. I'm
0: not going to do it. Well, you will uh yield is going to die on his morals and Hill. his principles. Yep. And we Tricky and I will be enjoying our haptic feedback. <laughs> We're going to be enjoying our PS5 version of the game and uh I never finished Lost Legacy. I started it, played about an hour or two of it. So, uh, for me, I think this will be a really good way to experience that game in its entirety, is uh, on the PS5 version. So that's what that's my. Uh, thought. But yeah, I'm running out of
2: space. So this the the app really helps. Plus, you can message your friends when whenever uh, when you guys do Rocket League Thursdays, and I know this annoys yield. Uh, but when they do Rocket League Thursdays, and I was working, I could still join in on their voice chat as I was dumping Christmas trees.
3: Into a big well you're lot. a thief of joy listen to that folks dumping christmas trees what a grinch yeah
2: <laughs> well that's after people throw them out uh but yeah i can i can join in on the uh the the, the group chats uh, the group uh voice chats while i'm not even home it's it the app is well worth you know the price which is free <laughs> here's by the, the way. thing it's not like i'm um, saying
3: that the app sucks i've just never seen it as necessary but you don't have don't it necessary to my experience oh uh, Hey, ble- the, the Once
2: greatest, you download it, you'll understand why it's necessary. I'm sorry, you'll go ahead.
4: No, that's not true. The greatest thing about this app, Sony took it away. Which was? Which was signing into your system at a friend's house.
2: You can still you can do that with the with the app as well.
4: No, well, you can't. They don't the option's not there anymore. Yes, it is. No, I have that option doesn't come up on the systems anymore. I got my buddy's house and sign in on his for that option's still grayed out. Hold on. I heard they were going to bring it back, but I haven't seen it yet. And I was just at my buddy's house like a couple months ago and tried to sign in. Or I had to sign in manually.
2: Hold on. Can you look at, uh, look at my camera? Right on The second option under console management. Well, I can't really read that. What's it say? Sign in, to P- sign in on PS5. But that's PS5. Yeah, you can't do it on the 4 That's what I'm talking about. Oh, the four is old news. Upgrade to your PS5 already.
4: Well, I got to finish Kingdoms, which I am on the last third of the map. So
2: All right. uh, bef- let's right. We're going to move on, but before we do our topic of the week, uh, you, I just remember,
0: Daryl, you never made me the music, dude. Hey, I uh, thought about that today when I had to go into work for a few hours and I was listening to the show. And I was like, man, I really need to do that. So it'll happen. All right. All right. So uh,
2: I'm putting it on you. Give me a
0: manual a dubstep
2: intro to Sophie's Trophies.
0: Bow wow. Freaky, 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 freaky. Bow wow. Sophie's Trophies. Bing, bing, bing. I farted.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, Sit again with Sophie's Trophies. This time we are doing a game called Trigger Witch because, as I said, I'm not doing rat plats for a while or small games for a while. This game has 58 trophies. It is a twin-stick shooter, very much in the vein of Zelda A Link to the Past, that kind of viewpoint, that kind of graphics. Um, It is pretty much that kind of game too. The only difference is, like I said, it is a twin-stick shooter. Now, the game is basically split into dungeons and an overworld. Uh, Most of the trophies are for completing dungeons and collecting things. I'm not going to go through every single trophy uh, because I don't want to spoil anything in the game but this should give you a rough overview of what the trophy is like or trophy list is like um a shout out to rick for this one i've been talking to him about what games i should do i suggested this one and he said if it sounds okay he will probably pick it up so hopefully i can do a good enough job for you rick um now gameplay wise like i said twin stick shooter in the vein of zelda Um, It is a very cutesy art style. You play a witch, hence the title Trigger Witch. Um, But the main difference is with this, guys, this is a gory game. Um, Not overly gory. It's just when you shoot things, they leave blood splatters and parts of their bodies lying around. That kind of thing. Um, You know, a child could play it, really. Um, Depending on their age, it's comical gore, shall we say. Okay, so... As always, guys. Let's go through through some trophies here. Platinum trophy is called Trigger Witch. Okay. Top of the stock. Beat the stock going gauntlet. gauntlet. Jesus, guys. Gauntlet. And join the clip. Now this is your tutorial stage. Um, you just have to go through it. Um, it teaches you the basics of the shooting and the reload mechanics. Um, I say reload mechanics. You have to wait for your gun to reload. Um, very simple, um, play through it quickly, so, you know, it's, it's a good little introduction to the game. Hot Wings, complete the Firearm Foundry, that is your first dungeon. And Unaccompanied Miners, complete the Shimmer load Mine, that will be your second dungeon. And Ice to See You, complete the Snap Frost dungeon. And then we have uh, Receive the North Shore potion, that's for the fourth dungeon so I'm not going to do any more dungeons guys Um, I don't want to uh, give too much away Okay. so we have Glockamole, this is receive your first weapon from the Ordnance Rift, now this is a little portal in the game um, and you have to go up to it to collect your weapon, it will uh, come out of the portal Uh, going fully auto unlock the battle blaster Um, this is the first weapon you unlock after receiving your um basic pistol it, it's like a, a assault rifle type weapon unlock the mortar launcher that is that is another gun oozy does it unlock the dual mini blasters and cooking with gas unlocked the fire lance like i say i'm not going to do any more weapon trophies you know keep some of them keep some of them uh, hidden Population control. Defeat 500 enemies. Very simple one, guys. Uzi on the eyes. Empty a full clip of the dual mini blasters without missing an enemy. Now, there is an easy way of doing this in your starting village. There is a shop with two dummies outside. Um, If you stand next to one of the dummies and just empty your clip into that, you will get this trophy. Ring of fire. Spread fire between 20 enemies with the fire lance now this makes it sound like you have to do it um all in one go but you don't um if you're in the third dungeon snap cross dungeon all you have to do guys is set one enemy on fire and let the other enemies walk into him um it doesn't matter if you do 20 in one go it it all adds up as you do it uh, kill three enemies at once with the telescopic shooter so line three enemies up and shoot them but I'm not doing any more weapon ones here uh, because like I say, I want you guys to uh, play through the game yourselves. Need for speed. Beat the stock gauntlet time trial with more than 15 seconds left. This is very simple. Um, The dummies I was talking about in this time trial, you need to work your way through a maze and shoot. I think it's 22 of these dummies within a certain amount of time and get over the, the line. It's very simple to do. Shouldn't take you more than one or two attempts. Why run when you can stand still? Travel 500 metres by conveyor belt. Now, again, simple. First dungeon, find a conveyor belt. There are loads that just go around the room. And just stand on there until it happens. Sergeant Angle. Kill 10 enemies by wall bouncing. Um, In the second dungeon... Um, there are certain walls and crystals you can shoot that will bounce your bullets off. So all you have to do, guys, is shoot at one of those and hit an enemy and kill it. Do that ten times and this trophy is yours. You'll probably get it by accident, as, as is the case with most of these trophies. Uh, Friendly Fire. Make five enemies die from fire traps. Uh, Snap Frost Dungeon again, guys. It is full of fire traps. Um, they just spit out fire every now and then make enemies walk through them uh, to kill them safety hazard make 10 enemies fall from their death in one of the later dungeons there are fans it's um, up in the air you just need to get the enemies to get blown off Um, kill 10 enemies hidden by darkness in old Nook's castle now they're not completely hidden guys you can see them so when you can see one of them just shoot it Um, again This will come really, really easily. Are you not entertained? Um, Gladiator reference there. Attempt the arena challenge. As simple as that. Uh, Try and do the arena challenge. Waves of enemies. Don't call me Sabrina. Score 5,000 in the arena challenge. So as you do it, score 5,000. You do need to score, I think, 7,000 in the arena challenge anyway to get something. Um, I think it's a weapon part. Wicked witch score above ten thousand in the arena channel challenge, sorry guys, gemologist, collect ten thousand gems now, this you'd think would take a while, but um in the first dungeon, um there are little uh i think like traps that spit out three flies now if you shoot the trap, uh it will stop the flies coming out, but. There is one little area that I found where the flies come from the right. And if you just stand there and shoot three bullets, you'll kill the flies. And then if you keep doing that, um, you will get your 10,000 gems. Or you could just farm it um, normally by just playing through the game. I I had the game on hard to get maximum gems. Uh, Once I did that and had my 10,000 gems, I put the game back down to very easy. Uh, Richie Witch, spend 10,000 gems, so that is why I did it, I farmed these gems, and then I went to the shop, and I spent all the money. What's this doing here? Collect your first weapon part. There are 36 in total, guys, and you have to collect all of them for the trophy, the power is yours. As good as it gets, fully upgrade a weapon. So to upgrade a weapon, you need to spend a weapon part on that... um, weapons ability so ammo, uh, reload speed etc and then you have to pay gems to upgrade those abilities. Up your arsenal, there you go a, a ratchet and clank reference. Fully upgrade for weapons. Trigonometry 101, read the full history of the great trigger in the chamber. So near the beginning of the game when you're going to speak to your character's mother There is a book. Just read all the pages of that book. You don't have to read it. You can just flick through it. There's no place like home. Use the Wayfarer's Stone. This will send you back home. Uh, So anywhere on the world map, it will transport you back to your house. Supporting small business. Talk to every business owner. There are, I think, eight or nine shops in the game. And just go in there and talk to everybody. Uh, Word on the street. Talk to villagers ten times, very simple. How do you fold these things? Collect every map, some you have to buy, some you have to find. Every which way? Uncovered every area in Evertonia, that's the uh, place where you are. So just go around and uncover the map. Beam me up, use teleporters ten times. Now these are in dungeons. Um, You'll find them one on each floor at least. And it just lets you travel through the dungeons a bit quicker, so do that 10 times. Uh, clean Sweep. Complete each broom section. There are five broom sections, I believe. Uh, two of them are optional. All you do is sit on your broom and fire. It's like, a bit like a 2 d shoot 'em up Sweet Tasty Life Essence. Consume 25 healing potions. As your energy goes down, um, you can use a potion... Now, you don't pick potions up, but your potions refill with the more enemies you shoot and kill. This feels familiar. Impress the Gambler. Now, the Gambler is found at the bottom right-hand corner of the map. There is a game in there that you fire up. It's like Pachinko, or one of those kind of games. Uh, You have to score in total 1,500 points. Um to get everything that he sells but i do believe the impress the gambler trophy is for buying um well you know what guys i'm just gonna say to make it easier because i can't quite remember is 1500 points um you don't have to do it in one go it stays there so as you fire your thing you can either go through the 20 point bucket or the 10 point bucket it costs 20 gems a go to fire your little ball um, there are two exploding i'm not sure what they are on the side of the thing but they will send your ball back up into the air if you need it to um so yeah just do that by everything from the gambler and that will guarantee your trophy this also gets you a little bat familiar i guess that's why it's called this feels familiar um and if you press r3 He will go out and collect any gems that are around the map for you. Did you expect cake? Shoot into the Ordnance riff. So when you get to there, um, you'll know what it is. It's right at the beginning of the game. Just fire into it. Firearm Safety 101 failed. Shoot a firearm inside your house. Once you have your weapon, go back to your house and shoot your gun. Confetti Explosion. Kill 25 enemies with the gore mode off. Go into your menus, turn gore off, and go around and kill 25 enemies. And the last trophy here, guys. Hunting blind. Kill 25 enemies without the laser sight. Now, I thought this was blind firing. Um, So I was going around the map shooting enemies without actually aiming with the right stick. Turns out that's not how you do it. Um, So I felt a bit foolish. You can actually go in the menu and turn off your laser sight. So go in the menu, turn that off, kill 25 enemies, and you get this trophy. Um, There you go, guys. A bit longer, this one. A bit long-winded. I hope that was okay for you. Let me know uh, what you think. And, uh, Rick, you should buy this game because it is really, really good. And that's going to be it for this week, guys. I will talk to you later. Um, Keep getting those trophies. Bye.
2: All right, thank you, Sid. Thank you very much for that thirteen-minute-long Sophie Sophie when That was long. Uh, yeah, that's what she said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have two topic of the weeks this week. Uh, One, uh, I I thought it'd be fun with Daryl here because you know he always brings comedy to these type tempor- of conversations. But there was a brief uh, a bug that basically showed on all that showed all PlayStation 4 trophies as PS3 games and it sparked more rumors that backwards compatibility is coming. Uh so I don't obviously there's really nothing else to the story other than that. But uh you I'll start with you sir. Uh do you think that this is a bug showing that backup compatibility is coming, or is this just a straight-up bug? I
4: don't know. I don't... So, what? So... PlayStation 4 games were showing up on the PlayStation 3? Yeah, you know,
2: when, you know when you go to your trophy section, it tells you yeah. uh, the game, whether it's a PS4, or P- PS5, or PS3 game? Yeah. All the PlayStation 4 games showed up as PS3 trophies.
4: Oh, I don't know when that happened, because I've been on my 3 quite a bit lately, and I didn't see that, so... I would say it was probably uh, some kind of PSN hiccup.
2: All right, Alex?
3: Now, were these all PS4 games or They were all PS4. So it's not just PS4 games and PS3 games. versions or, you
2: know. No, this was all PS4 games.
3: I mean, there's been way too much PS3 on the PS4 here recently to or well, what no, we, we what would the uh, so okay so previously we talked about on the PSN the store uh, the the PlayStation store how PS3 uh, like was it five or six PlayStation 3 games had shown up for purchase on the store correct correct and now uh, i mean you got to think that i mean Sony Sony's doing something with with Spartacus and the PS3 games and PlayStation now i mean Sony's got to be doing something so i I don't know how much money PS selling PS3 games is going to bring them, but as far as being, I, I mean, any kind of evidence like this, I think points to something like PS3 games coming to the store, because again, they have the cloud technology to upload as much of their back catalog as they can. Why not use it?
2: All right, if you guys want to look at uh, Skype, I'm showing I'm showing you a picture of how the game showed up. Daryl, what do you think? Sorry, is backwards compatibility coming or? It was just a glitch or and are we getting too hot? Oh, it's happening,
0: dude. It's happening. So so I think that you got Mr. Mark Cerny in the background, you know, crossing wires and flipping switches and he's just kind of playing around with stuff, getting things ready. They've they've been, you know, there's been so many rumors about PS three games coming. I mean, all the way back down to when they announced the first wave of backwards compatibility being at the PS four. If you remember that graphic that they showed, it was PS five. PS4 and then it had enough sections at the bottom that were blank that would be three, two, and one. Right. And so uh we know this is gonna happen. It's just a matter of when and right now with Microsoft, you know, Phil Spencer said he ain't losing no more. He don't he's he's through playing around. So he's gonna start buying up everything in sight, you know, so that, that Sony will stop kicking you know, kicking the doors out. I be, they've been beating the crap out of Xbox. And so Phil's he's tired of losing. So now <laughs> You know, oh, He's playing back against the bully. Oh yeah, that's right. Old franchise uh Jimmy Ryan, he's gotta like he's gotta he's gotta get it together. There's no more like, oh, we're riding high, we're just riding the wave being number one. You know, worldwide Jim Jimmy Ryan, he's like, Man, I I gotta we're gonna have to pull out some stuff, man. Y'all go ahead, turn the backwards compatibility on. Let's uh let's give all the old games trophies. Hey, uh what's that Spartacus thing? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's let's do that, which I don't you know. I don't know what that's gonna look like. I don't want another Game Pass. You know, I think what makes PS Now unique is the vast amount of incredible of of just crazy amount of games that are on there. Eight hundred games. That's a lot of freaking games. And I think that having a subscription service that is this huge back catalog of stuff is awesome. You know, let your let your games that are gonna sell sell. And then you know, rotate some maybe some heavy hitters in and out like they're doing is fine, but we don't need another carbon copy of of you know Game Pass. So it's, Sony needs to do something different. And I really think yeah maybe this is the first the first sign of Sony being on its back foot. You know like they took a they took a one two to the jaw. You know, and so now they're like oh we got we're gonna have to actually go back to what made us so great in the PS3 days is like getting. Start pumping out some wild IPs and start getting back into the indies, you know, and really, really doing all the stuff that made all of us love Sony, you know, in the first place. So I think this is just I think this is just one of many things that's coming, you know. They're just flipping switches right now.
2: Uh I don't think backwards compatibility is coming. I think they're setting up for whatever the hell Spartacus
0: is. I think it's gonna be both. So I think they're going to do them at the same... If not at the same time, they're going to mention them at the same time. But I think that that's going to be the... the. I think that's going to be what's, what's good about Spartacus is they're going to be like, okay, we have five generations of PlayStation proper plus our handheld libraries. And I say... Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to launch this service, which is going to be different than Game Pass, and it's going to go way farther back than Game Pass can go. And it's going to be, here's Sony first party from PS1, 2, 3, PSP, and Vita.
2: See, I, I don't think they're going to release them both at the same time, because I think they would view that as competing with themselves. Like, why give the games away and also sell them?
1: Well, I... Cause-
2: I, mean, I still don't believe that games are selling better on Game Pass than they are. You know, I don't know. That's, that's
0: that's that's just that's just marketing talk. They're just trying to reassure the shareholders. They're not giving away all their money. No, dude. What I, what I'm saying is this: is uh, when they're, they're flipping the switches. If you're going to turn on PS game PS3 games, for example, native downloadable PS3 games to make them work for whatever Spartacus is tangentially to that, it's like, well, you may as well. Go ahead and give them a price tag and make them, you know, purchasable individually. Because, because the thing is, this is, it's Spartacus has to be native download, period. Right? PS Now has proven that, like, people argue about streaming games on PS Now even when they've never done it before.
2: That is true.
0: So I would say, um, personally if i'm you know worldwide jimmy ryan over here i'd be like all right i want you to be able to sell max Payne 3 on the playstation 3 when you add it to spartacus since you got to do all the groundwork anyways to make it you know uh, native native and downloadable like just go ahead and put 999 on there or you know what 1999 that's one of my favorites so
2: well I mean if you listen to old uh Major Nelson you can't just flip switches so
0: I mean they can they said that about uh backwards compatibility then they flip switches and made backwards compatibility on Xbox One so you
2: know Well no they What they I think they said it about the uh oh we can't we can't just turn off the DRM by flipping a switch Oh
0: yeah and then they flipped that switch Then they flipped the switch They flipped the DRM switch
2: uh, So
3: when we talk about backwards compatibility I don't think that we I, I think we kind of need to qualify that because I don't think Sony putting PS3 games on the store and selling them to people is backwards compatibility. Cause backwards compatibility is, hey, take your PlayStation Three disc, put it in your Five, and that works. It works. So I don't think we're talking about backwards compatibility here unless there's a way for them to check. Oh, yes, yeah, you purchased this game. You can now download this from free from the PlayStation Store, a digital version, and play it on your Five.
2: Well, they 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 already have that groundwork in place with the. Uh the ps5 when you want to upgrade you want to play the ps uh when you want to play the ps5 version of a ps4 game you have to have the the disc inside the console yeah but it's
3: also you're you but we're talking about much older games here so we're talking about ps3 disc which we don't really know i mean as of right now cannot be read by the playstation 5
0: well you know the way it works on xbox is for the og games is you can put them in and they just queue up a download so the, 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 the Xbox One doesn't actually read Xbox OG discs, you know, it, but it just sees it and it uh, and authorizes it like a key, and then it just queues up a download. So I would imagine backwards compatibility is going to have to work um, similarly for PlayStation, at least for the physical side of things. And then, again, because you have an all-digital console, you, again, if you're going to make this natively playable You may as well say, all right, well, what about the digital guy? What about the guy who bought the, what about Alex, who has the digital PS5? What if he wants to play PS1, 2, or 3 games? I think it's all together. You have to do it all together. It's like, oh, so you got an Ape Escape disc, and we're going to put that in the console, and that's going to trigger a download from the PSN. Well, also, let's take um, Alex's $10 and let it trigger that same download. So I think, though, it's going to have to be all or nothing.
3: I, I Well, I just wanted to make the distinction that if Sony's going to, you know, put these games up on the PSN and sell them to us again or put them on a subscription service where we have to pay to get access to them, that's not backwards compatibility. So, I agree. Yeah, no. we, we were just using that word, and you know, talk about Sony putting this in in regards to Sony putting stuff up on the network, so backwards compatibility would be they have to give you access to play a game on your PS5 that you previously bought on another console.
0: And you would think that they would at least do that with the de- with the digital era games, you know, for starters. So anything PSP, PS Vita, and PS3, in my opinion, should be easy because it's all in the network anyways. So if it was me, again, you know, franchise Jimmy Ryan, I'd be like, okay,
2: <laughs> I love how you call franchise <laughs> to be right.
0: So, uh, if it's, so, I would say, all right, look here, you guys with the big libraries, you know, I'm saying the big swinging digital libraries, all your games are now unlockable. If you owned it, we have released a software update that acts as an emulator, and now you can play it. So that is, in fact, backwards compatibility. Um, for the disc-based stuff. I mean, I think that's gonna be I, I, I mean, I think it's it's gonna be difficult, you know, but I think they're gonna to have to be if Microsoft's forcing them to be competitive at this stage. So I would imagine in a perfect world, put your disc in and then here is a downloadable version, you know, there boom. That's that is backwards compatibility. Also, we're gonna sell you these games if you don't own your disc anymore, and that is, you know, revenue with what I would imagine would be low overhead. And then Spartacus could be all the above it's like oh spartacus is our new competitor to game pass so you're going to get this huge playstation now library that we have already established but we're also going to rotate in old stuff you know from the ps1 2 and 3 maybe some psp because rumors are putting psp games on there too and then you know you can do the subscription model or if you already own it you will just let you play it that would be my thoughts but i don't
4: Uh, yield? I don't have any thoughts.
0: <laughs> you don't
2: have any thoughts? <laughs> All yeah. right. Uh, so let's move on to our other topic of the week. Now, this one's going to be a little touchy because, uh, you know, this is going to hopefully not bring too much politics into the conversation. Uh, but there is two parts to this article. There is the original story, then there's an update, so let's try to get through all that first. This is coming from IGN and is written by Jared Moore. Original story. Members of the Raven Software QA team, alongside other Activision Blizzard workers, have called off their strike action. This news follows on from Friday's announcement, which confirmed that the members of the QA team had officially voted to unionize. The decision to end strike action was announced on social media by Activism Blizzard Workers Alliance Twitter account. Quote, pending the recognition of our union, the Raven QR strike has ended, end quote. Uh, They went on to thank the community for its support throughout the strike. The group highlighted it was still waiting for a positive or negative recognition of its union from Activision Blizzard. But that is, quote, acting in good faith and asking for good faith, end quote, by ending the strike. The group also pointed out the remaining money from the strike movement's crowdfunding campaign will be stored and used in further unionization or strike efforts. Following the group's record request for voluntary recognition from the leadership last week. Activism Blizzard issued an extended statement to IGN regarding the union saying that its company is quote, carefully reviewing their request, quote, and that it quote, deeply respects the rights of all employees under law to make their own decisions about whether or not to unionize. So there, uh, this all started stemming from when uh, the lawsuit over the sexual harassment and mis- misconduct claims happened earlier. Uh, the strike fund crowdfunding raised over 375,000 has been used to support wages for striking co workers and to assist with the relocation of costs for every, for any Raven QA who the group believe has to be, to move, to move unassisted at the behest of ABK, which I don't know what ABK stands for. Uh, I figure AB is Activision Blizzard, but I don't know what the K would be. Uh, With the strike action now coming to an end, the group said that the leftover funds will be stored for future things. Uh, Okay, so that's the original story. Now, do you guys want to make a comment, or would you like to go to the update first?
3: Update? Yeah, give us all the facts first.
2: Okay, so this was updated. Okay, when was this originally posted? Let me see. This was originally posted on the 25th of January, and it was updated nine hours later. Okay. So the update is Activision, Activision will not voluntary, voluntarily recognize Raven Software's union led by QA workers saying that, quote, all employees at Raven should have say in this decision. Okay. Uh, the full statement sent to IGN is below. At Activism Blizzard, we deeply respect the rights of all our employees to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union. We carefully reviewed and considered the CWA initial request last week and tried to find a mutually acceptable solution with the CWA that would lead to an expedited election process. Unfortunately, the parties could not reach an agreement. We expect that the union will be moving forward with the filing of a petition to the NLRB for an election. If filed, the company will respond formally to that petition promptly. The most important thing to the company is that each eligible employee has the opportunity to have their voice heard and their individual vote counted, and we think all employees at Ravens should have a say in the decision. Across the company, we believe that a direct relationship between managers and team members allows us to quickly respond and deliver the strongest results and opportunity for employees. As a result of these direct relationships, we've made a number of changes over the past couple of years, including raising minimum compensation for Raven QA employees by 41%, extending paid time off, expanding access to medical benefits for employees and their significant others, and transitioning more than 60% of the temporary Raven QA staff to full-time employees. We look forward to uh, continuing a, a direct dialogue with our team and working together to make our workplace better. That is the quote. Uh, and then the article, the update goes on to say, Yesterday, Activision announced it would be embedding Raven Software employees in various teams throughout the studio, a move that Communication Workers of America said was a deliberate attempt to keep the QA team members from organizing. Raven's union is now expected to file a petition for election with the Lab- National Labor Relations Board for an election. Okay, so I... Being that I am the only person on the show right now in a union, uh, I will let you guys ask any questions about anything that was said, just if anything was confusing.
0: Hey, uh, can I go first?
2: you want to make a statement or do you want to ask I want to ask you
0: a question. You said we could ask you okay. questions because yeah, you're in a union. Ahead. So you, you've you been okay. in a union for a while. Fifteen years now. So where do babies come from? You're okay. <laughs>
2: Not, not a domestic union. Oh, <laughs> okay. My bad. Well played, sir. <laughs> that that was. Uh... All right. So, I, I so think. So ba-
4: basically, it boils down to if Activision yeah. wasn't such a crappy place to work for, Raven Software wouldn't have unionized. They they're basically feeling like Activision isn't taking care of them, and the only way to take care of them is to take care of themselves. Well, they were, and that's why they're unionized. Well, they were laying off right, well, a lot
0: of their QA testers. So while this, while Bobby Kotick was in the heat of all this madness that's going on over there, and he bonus really really he made like some astronomical bonus because their stock options were you know, they, were very, they were very profitable. And uh, and so they're like, wait a second, we're doing these layoffs in this department, but this guy who's in hot in the hot seat, just bonus millions of dollars. That's not fair. And so then that's where this all came from.
2: Uh, and to be fair, with all that being said, and yield you not wrong in what you said, this is not the only developer that wants to unionize. This is just the 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 story of the week, so to speak. Duh, and duh, I, and the, I say that in quotation marks. Duh,
4: what, what what is it? The hot pan. The hot. Yeah.
2: All right, so there was something said at the end of the update that I want to make sure you guys are aware of. Uh, So I'm going to reread it again. It says, yesterday Activision announced it would be embedding Raven Software employees in various teams throughout the studio, a move that Communication Workers of America said was a deliberate attempt to keep QAT members from organizing.
4: That's what it sounds like to me.
2: Okay, so uh, when it comes to a union, if a group of people wanted to form a union— they are legally allowed to do it and the company is not allowed to stop them. Um, you're also, a company is also not allowed to penalize people.
4: We're for, trying to start at one.
2: Right. So if, if me and you were in the, in the same warehouse and me and you were having a conversation, there was four other people around us, and we're all having a conversation about forming a union, as long as we're still doing our jobs, they're not allowed to stop that type of talk so what they're saying by uh it's a deliberate attempt to keep them from organizing is they're claiming that raven software is purposely putting them on opposite sides of the warehouse so they're not able to have those conversations so that uh again like i said uh I'm the only union guy here, so I have to tread lightly on what I'm what I say and what I don't say because, you know, there's repercussions to words. Um but I know the three of you guys are not in a union. Uh so I'll start this conversation off by saying if you had the opportunity to be in a union, would you prefer or would you rather be in a non union situation? Daryl, we'll start with you.
0: Um, so I my father and my grandfather were all union. My grandfather retired union. My dad's been in union as long as I can remember. I, I do not. Well, I'm not part of a union. I've only ever heard their complaints and I've never been in a position to see what the benefit is. Um, so I don't think I'm educated enough to make a, a decision other than, uh, I guess I can, the only thing I can say is I've never needed, a, I've never been in a position where I needed a union. Um, so I I don't know, man. I've always heard bad things about it. So like every time I hear one of these stories or I I read one of these stories where they're like, people are calling for unionization. Um, I don't know that they're going to get what they want or they might get what they want in the short term, but in the long term, maybe being in a union is not always the best thing. Especially like, and I can say this from, from our facility, we manufacture weightlifting equipment, right? And we do our own installs. And anytime we have to do an install on a job site where there's a union present or a union, you know, you, an area where it's ran by, they're nightmares because the miles and miles and miles of red tape, um, you know, and so again, my experience has always been that there is, there's always a headache associated with unions and it's just, and they're, they're very similar to anything government ran. Like nothing government ran is efficient nothing government ran um is uh stays on budget you know it's like it just to me when i, I hear unionization i'm like that reminds me too much of the government and taxation stuff so all
1: right
3: out. so i i mean i was i had to pay union dues when i worked at kroger back in the day when i was mm-hmm. in high school and i didn't like paying having those union dues just taken out of my check um i've worked for the same company now for 11 years and Never needed a union rep to come vouch for me, like Daryl said. I mean, the point of a union rep coming to save your ass would be if you're going to get fired and the union saves you. Correct. Well, that
2: that
3: and other things.
2: Yeah, that and they enforce certain rules, which I'll you know I'll tread
3: lightly when I talk uh, to give you an idea of what my. I mean, people have complaints about you know where I work and and the company that I work for, but it's not so bad that there's a union that's needed. And honestly, I would rather go on without a union because I've never needed a union rep personally. And I don't think the environment at work is... So, you know, you're going to... No matter where you work, some people are just never going to like it. People are going to get a point. But I feel like the company that I work for work for, is, is in a good pl- enough place where we don't need, at least where I work, I mean, the location I work at, where we don't need a union rep. So I would rather just not have to pay union dues.
2: All right. Yield?
3: So, a union
4: is both good and bad. Um, initially, it was a good idea. Now, they've gotten so big that they're bad, in a sense. Like Daryl was saying, they're, they're like a government. They don't run efficiently. There's too much money under the table. The top dogs, your presidents and all them, make all the money, and the guys at the bottom kind of get screwed. Um, but on the same note that if Activision hadn't have been such a horrible place to work and they hadn't been screwing people underneath them, then their people wouldn't have felt like they needed to stick up for themselves or join a union where they thought that someone would fight for them and they had a legal foot to stand on. So I... I'm not for I'm not like hundred percent for them and I'm definitely not hundred percent against them because it depends on the union. Okay. Not all not all unions are good. And I'll say that never having been in one, my dad was in one for a long time. And like Daryl said, I heard a lot of the bad and you would hear some good, but just from you know, listen to you talk and listen to other people who were in unions talk, I can see why the outside opinion of a union is
0: so
2: bad uh and and I will say before i s- joined this union i was i'm not gonna say I was anti union but I wasn't a big fan of unions uh until I got in one and without going into details and again i'm gonna have to tread very lightly on my words here uh you got you guys all know of two fairly significant incidents that happened to me in my career. Yes. One actually happened while I was recording this podcast. Yes. The union had my back. They, I I, I received no penalty for it at all because of the circumstances and the people had fought for me. Had I not been in a union, you'd have been canned. Both of those I probably would have been fired. To be,
3: to be clear, Tricky, I mean, we are friends. Don't don't use too many details. But you were clearly in the wrong there. Yeah.
2: I was wrong for one of them. The other one, I was not. The one, wrong
3: the for. one where you were podcasting, you were definitely in the wrong on. 100 percent. Hundred percent. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and I th- and I think we'd all would agree on that one.
2: Um. So my union, um, is. I'm not going to say universally, but it's widely known that my union is one of the best unions in New York City. Uh, we get a lot of shit done uh, union wise. And when I say we, I mean the union, not, you know, me, because I, I really have nothing to do with what decisions of the union makes. Our, our union, every, you know, when our contract is up, they fight for our raises, our benefits, whatnot. Um are, one of the good things about a union is they fought and got us off every Martin Luther King Day um, based on the fact that uh, he was his famous uh, I Have a Dream speech was happening during the sanitation strike that was happening in D.C. at the time. Um, so our union fought and got us off that holiday. That's not a holiday that many people get off if they do. Uh, I don't think any of you get off every Martin Luther King Day, nope. do you?
4: I, I I do now, but they took away our Good Friday. All
2: right. <coughs> so the union's good. I I I pay eighteen fifty a week for my union dues. Um, part of that eighteen fifty goes to. Uh, I don't pay for my dental insurance. I don't pay for my health insurance. I don't pay for my eyeglass insurance. Um, it's also there's a death benefit on it that if I was to die on the job. Um, the union would pay a substantial sum to my beneficiary. So there are good things and bad things with the union. Um, some of the bad things with my union is sometimes you'll call them because you think like something's unfairly happening. And because the union rep is not right then and there, um, you really don't have, they really don't have your back in that aspect because they don't have all the details and that what they're hearing from this person and that person and that person, they're having to make a decision over the phone. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to get a resolution unless you 100% are in the right. Uh, you know, So there are good things and bad things with a union. Now, translating that back to, say, a video game developer. And again, I have no basis about what I'm about to say, but I would assume that with the way my union works would be very similar to a game developer union. I think if these developers were to unionize, and again, I want to be clear, I'm not advocating for either way on this. If they were to unionize, I think video game delays would skyrocket because a union would get involved and say... This developer is only allowed to work eight hours a day or 10 hours a day, and they can't work on the weekends, and you have to pay them this, and you have to do that. So I think there would be a lot of layoffs because of the standards that the union would enforce and say, this game developer has to be paid X amount of dollars every year, and they're not allowed to work overtime. They're not allowed to work past eight hours on this day, blah, 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 blah. Now, there's good and bad to that. It's yeah, good because it right, it the the union would would fight and these entr- employees would uh, be treated more fairly. But on the flip side, these companies would start losing money because they're not able to pump out the games as fast as they normally would. And I'm sure um,
0: quality would take a hit too because you know if you think about tying up X amount of millions of dollars, which is already in some of these cases six years, now you're gonna add make the, let's say the only went up to eight years. Then you got like, you know, tricky Mr. You know, worldwide trickies over here, like, man, I got like fifty million dollars tied up for the course of six years. This game's not done yet. It's time to put it out the door and now you're gonna get a three quarter game, maybe. You're gonna get Cyberpunk 2077. You're gonna get a lot of Cyberpunk 2077s. Or you're just gonna get a lot of delays and delays and delays. And I don't think you would get near as many games. So, I mean, there's good and bad
2: attached to a union. A union does fight for the the employees. But on the flip side, they also hinder production. One of the criticisms that I get, you know, my union, is if somebody's street doesn't get plowed when it snows, because currently we're under a snowstorm and I've been working, you know, countless hours and days, uh, that's why... Part of my video game playing has gone down so much. And it's taken me so long to beat Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, But, you know, because of our union, we're not allowed to work past a certain point. So, we may not get to your block to plow. And then you get the complaints, well, this person's not plowing. But our street didn't get done. Blah, 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 blah. So, there's good and bad to every union. I, personally, if I had a choice, I would stay in a union. But I, I can't I can't recommend you know Alex joining a union or I can't recommend Yield joining a union or Daryl joining a union if the union is, is is truly if you go into a union meeting and they and you truly feel like they have your best interest at heart full force get, let them join the union get organized blah 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 but if if, if ultimately the union turns around and says, Well, this is the you know, what we're gonna fight for and they don't fight for it, then your union sucks. And you're paying money for something that's not making your situation any better. Right. So I mean, like I said, there's good, there's bad, but ultimately, you know, it, it really depends on one, I, I think you'll said there's good unions and there's bad unions. So I mean that's Done. Uh I there was a movie back in the day, I'm trying to remember the movie. Uh it was I think it was John Candy and Eugene Levy. They were security guards about the union. You guys know what the hell I'm talking about? Nope. Nope. Damn it, what the hell was that movie?
3: I, know, I mean, movie I'll guy. see if I, I can I'm look about... it up. And I mean obviously John Candy died really early in the nineties, so oh, yeah, it's I'm gonna Uncle Buck. Candy
2: Eugene Armed and dangerous came out in 1986. Uh, I mean that was an over, uh, over, sat, over visual rep- representation of what a union is. Uh, but like I said, my union, I don't pay for my health benefits. I don't pay for my dental benefits. I've had multiple teeth pulled out, replaced. Uh, I've had multiple uh, root canals. Uh, even when I almost died for a ch- spicy chicken nugget, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't pay for not a dime. Also, of, but that, your, that.
3: that comes out, like your union dues go to that.
2: Right. It's it, like I said, I pay 18 50 a week. So what's that? That's $37. That's $74 a month for union dues. I mean, that sounds a lot. And then when you space it over, I think there's like 7,000 sanitation workers. So you do the math, that's how much money they're bringing in every week. So, but they're also covering seven thousand people. So, you you look it. There's pros and cons to it. So, I I just think that if developers start unionizing, the public is going to take a big hit in how often they get their video games. Which again, I'm not arguing either way. I'm not saying these. Workers deserve to be mistreated. But when I, you know, I've been very vocal about when we have stories of crunch on the show, you know, people are talking about, oh, they had to spend X amount of hours over a course of three months doing, you know, making a game. I, I, I have very little sympathy for that because in my current situation, I'm working nonstop, 12 hour days, 13 hour days. And I don't get to go on the internet and bitch about, oh, my boss is forcing me to work. No, the job has to be done. The work has to be done. And if we don't go out and plow the streets when it snows, it's dangerous for everybody. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say not making a video game is dangerous. But if I don't do my job, you can't do they I can't do yeah. theirs. Right. So it's it's do I do I feel do I feel for them? When we get talks of crunch, yes, because working long hours, nonstop, sucks balls. There's no way around it. But that's part of life. That's part of a job. Is that Sometimes you just have to just buckle down and do your job because other people are dependent on you. During Sandy, I was sick as a dog. It was my daughter's third birthday. Third birthday? Yes. Third birthday. And I still went to work. And I was puking in the back of a truck as I was throwing away people's lives. It sucks. Some, of, some parts of my job sucks, but it, pulling the long hours, it's part of the I'm, I'm not going to lie, Tricky. I know that you, so,
3: you, you're you part of a union, but judging by how much you work, I don't know how much that union actually does. I mean, it probably does more than I think, but given how much you have to work, what's that union really doing for you?
2: My, you you want to know what my union did for me? Yesterday was my day off uh, called uh, XS My Chart Day. Today was Sunday. And tomorrow is also my chart day. All three of those days, I get paid double time.
3: But you you had to work. And
2: each one of those days was thirteen hours, because I'm being forced to work. Most times, when any of you guys get double time when you go do overtime yeah, at work, no, time or go work on your day off. No,
3: I only get double time for Sunday. Well, I, I I get time and a half, okay. but it's um. Right now we're in double time because of they've extended it. They do the holidays. Whole Foods said if you work overtime, you get double time. And they've just now extended that into February. So right now we are.
2: Right. I mean, that's one thing my union got for me is that anytime I go to work outside of my 40 hours, I get paid double time. And that's, I mean, and I'm not sitting here trying to brag or anything like that, but that's why I have a lot of excess money that I could do things with.
3: Yeah. But because also- I'm able to work. I work. To where. <laughs> Where, where right. are you able to spend that money because you're constantly working?
2: Okay, but also, I mean, let, let's let be real here for a second. You guys criticize me all the time. What do you guys say that I do at work all the time?
3: Play games because you got, especially right, now since you got games. an office job. I
2: play video games. Right, but that's part of my union is my union was said he goes to work, he does his job. Once he's done, you can't mess with him. So, why they're not messing with me, I'm sitting in my locker room playing video games. That's part of my union. Everybody doesn't have that benefit. And like I said, I'm not trying to brag, but that's part of my union. My union's like, no, he did his job. Leave him the fuck alone. Now I have an office job. I can't just blatantly put a video games console case in underneath my desk and start playing Ghost of all day.
0: He said blatantly. Now that he can't do it, he just can't blatantly do it.
2: Yes. Uh, but the point is, is that one of the things my union forfeited me for. So, it is what it is. All right. Uh, I Holy crap. I didn't realize we are approaching two and a half hours on this. All right. So, let's close out the show uh, at this point. We didn't ask. Uh, I forgot to ask the community for questions. I will remember next week. So, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Daryl, let's start with you, sir.
0: So, I want to give a special shout-out to uh, a friend of both of our shows, the Loot Bros Podcast and uh, Treviors. Uh, shout out to MZ Nitro. I know you guys do your um, like your Rocket League with MZ, and MZ gets in there and, and trolls and gives uh you know gives Tricky his just desserts like he as he should. And so, uh, but today MZ and I sat down and did one of our Patreon exclusive episodes together uh, for the Lootverse Podcast. He challenged me on one of our Patreon tiers to play through Mafia Definitive Edition, and the game's fantastic. Absolutely adore the game. It's awesome uh but he said and part of that is if you pledge for me to play a game i'm gonna play the game to completion and then i'll do a review on it or a spoiler cast well he said hey when you do this one i would like to talk with you about it on the show i was like absolutely uh so emzy and i before we recorded this show knocked out that deep dive episode and it was cool it was a lot of fun it was really uh it was really nice, you know what I'm saying, to sit down with someone who's been so involved in our content for so long and have a conversation about a game we both enjoyed. So uh, I know he'll be listening to this show. And uh, for MZ, I just want you to know I came on here and I made Trophy Horse great again. <laughs> Shout out to you guys Trophy. for having me on. Trophy
2: Horse has always been great. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't. I just. Uh... Well, no, you know, actually, you know what? I take that back. We had to go through those uh, the, Donnie years. The
0: Don, you know, I was funny. I was editing that five-hour uh, episode that you and I did, and uh, you get, you shed a lot of love to Donnie and Lucius, so shout out to those guys. Uh, you know what? I'm going to keep my box <laughs>
3: Alex, your <laughs> shout-out, I want to give a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the Fuel to the Fire This trumpy Horse, people like MZ Nitro uh, who make our community fantastic. So thank you all for your continued support of the show. Here into 2022, we could not do we cannot run this ship without you all, uh, so thank you for everything you all do for us. Uh, shout out to Tricky and to Yield for recording tonight, as well as Daryl. Always good to have Daryl on. Thank you, sir, for dedicating damn near three hours of your Sunday night to helping <laughs> us put out a show.
4: Thanks for having me. Man, you guys, you guys are just lucky since played an early game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I actually said to myself, I said, if, if the Bagels lost today, would Yield even come on the show? I, you know,
3: I don't know.
2: Also, uh, uh, just for the record, uh, the Rams won, so the Bengals are facing the Rams. Oh, did they? I? Saw I, I the hate to say this, but
3: by by the names of the <clears throat> franchise, that's probably the most anticlimactic Super Bowl you could you could have. No offense shield, sorry, but <laughs> uh, historically, not powerhouse hey, hey, NFL franchise.
4: You know what? That's fine, and we'll still be underdogs. So
3: uh, I do. Before I get to my last shot, I do want to give a twerp you to Salsaritas. I don't know if you guys have salserias where you are. It's basically Qdoba, but Chipotle, that kind of thing. So yep. we go into the restaurant today and just looking to get some lunch with the kids. We're out running errands. And they say that, hey, we're low on ch- – we have no more chicken. It's like, okay, that's fine. And they're, and then they announce that they're you know out of a few more things. Okay, but they still have these things. So we're going to get some food. We can all find something we want to eat. And then they tell us that they're closing. They're like, oh, do we need to go? Do we need to get out here? They're like, oh, no, no, no you're fine. We get up to the wind, or we get up to the the line. We get to the register and we pay, and all of a sudden they're like, "No, we're closing. You guys can't eat here. You guys got to go eat somewhere else." And it's basically like, I mean, I know they were cleaning up, but you had planned to be open for most of the rest of the day, so why couldn't you just let us finish eating our meals there? I don't, I don't know. But basically, we had to go to a, a park in the middle of winter, like forty eight degrees outside, and sit at a the table because one, we were out running errands, didn't want to drive home, and uh, didn't want to eat in the car because it would make a huge mess and I didn't feel like cleaning my car out. So yeah. Uh, torpedo Salsarita is for telling us we didn't have to leave, selling us food, and then not letting us eat when you had planned to be open for hours anyway. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I do, I do a positive note as always. In a in a positive note uh give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend Ashley. I love you honey. And uh, yeah. That is going to be the end of my shout outs for this week.
2: Yield, sir.
4: Shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording night. Shout out for Daryl for coming on here and trolling Tricky. Um, shout out to Alex. That's Gareth, not the only and,
2: reason he comes on these shows.
4: I know, but that's the that, but that's the most enjoying part. It's of a the major show
2: contribution that
4: that he. Yeah, sorry, yeah, major contribution. I mean, he is very knowledgeable in the video game world, but I get a lot of joy out of him trolling you. Um, shout out to Gareth alex and nitro f- or, or the brain 76 for rocket league thursdays um shout out to the deep rock galactic employee chat that we have we get together on fridays and play some deep rock galactic right now and uh i will shout out my bangles for making it to the super bowl when everybody picked you to finish dead last in your division so
2: tell us <clears throat> how you really feel
4: that, that that well, I mean, considering like I said, I was hoping for a five hundred season I'd be ecstatic and so Yeah, I'm alone for the ride now.
2: All right. I wanna give a shout out to everybody, including Daryl, uh coming on the show. Uh I wanna give a terp you to Yield, uh, because he's wrong about our text argument. <laughs> no, I'm right. <laughs> uh that we're not gotta go into. Yeah, I was thinking Dude, about I,
4: I, I'm telling you, I agree with all of his points. Because they are 100% accurate until the last one. Okay. And the last one's wrong.
2: Maybe I'll sit down with you uh, when you have some free time and we'll do a Patreon episode of
0: us arguing
3: back Yeah, you forth. don't care about me.
0: There you, you know go. Get that Patreon content.
4: Uh, well, you know, you know what? Maybe we should. We should get all of us against Tricky while he dies on his hill and we just slaughter him. Anyway, continue. Finish up.
2: Uh, Shout out to Sweet Mama D, who, unfortunately, I have not been able to spend any time with. Uh, She really wants to come over so she can tell me how to play Undertale, uh, which is
0: Daryl's favorite game. That game sucks. I love the voicemail that she sent me though about Undertale. That that was the cutest friggin' thing in the world. I get this this voicemail from Triggy, and it's like it's it's Sweet Mama D telling me why Undertale's a great game, and I'm stupid for not liking it.
2: Do you have the Do you have the voicemail? Still I don't know. Let me look. Let me look. No. Uh, uh-uh. stupid. Damn. It was a uh, oh, wow. yeah. I, I called Daryl for something, and I, right before the voicemail picked up, I was like, "Yeah, Daryl doesn't like Undertale." You will like you're about to play it, Daryl. <laughs>
0: hey, I found it. All right, here we go.
3: Oh, I do not appreciate what you said about Undertale, and I per- and I pray that you take that back. Have a great day. <laughs>
0: God, I really she said, I pray that you take it back. I pray that you take it back. You've
4: just been cursed by a child. Yeah,
2: basically. The the best part is is that the reason she said that you, she prays you take it back is because she knows you're a religious guy. Yeah. She's like, so she told me afterwards, she goes, since he's so religious, I hope he prays on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so awesome. She you
2: really upset.
3: Well, first her, of all, Tricky, I've so heard you funny. dog an Undertale on this show before. You've recently said it's a good game, but you also always... dogged that game to... before.
2: I, I I okay, that was a dog troll, uh just because like because Sweet Mama D is attached to Undertale, Deltarune, and Roblox. So uh I I love her to death, but I, I, I just troll her just to make her mad, and when she when she heard Daryl uh, bad-mouthed in Undertale, she's just like, I gotta let her Oh, so know. it's <laughs>
3: okay when you troll even your own daughter, but if Nitro or Daryl come to troll you, it's not okay.
2: No, see, this is the difference, okay? Me and Daryl, we troll the hell out of each other. This show's never gonna never. end, Never. <laughs> um, me and Daryl troll each other, But behind the scenes, me and Daryl actually had sat down and had meaningful conversations with each other. Some
0: of these people...
2: Just don't know how to turn that troll button off.
0: It was funny is on the on the on the casual side. You know, you got me and Tricky slinging mud at each other, and we've been doing this wrestling bit back and forth forever. But like in the DMs, we're like really good friends, and we're like you know sharing our lives and encouraging each other. And we're like, man, one day we're gonna hang out in person. And then everybody gets in the freaking groups, and they're like, oh my gosh, Tricky such a turd, Daryl such a turd, Oh,
2: Tricky and Daryl hate each other. Yeah, they
0: hate each other. You need to stop with him making fun of my tricky. Uh. Dude,
2: no, no lie. Like we you guys heard how we started out the show. Right after that, I texted Daryl saying, I love about I love arguing with you about stupid stuff. He goes same I here. <laughs> That's so funny. Alright. So shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much. Uh so if there's nothing else, until next week. Happy trophy hunting. day? I can't I can't top
3: that. Go Bengals.